0: It's Ben Quam, one half of, I guess, hopefully your favorite podcast, Libations for Everyone. I just want to let you guys know that today's episode is sponsored by Balanced Naturals. Elevate your everyday with their award-winning CBD and THC-infused beverages. And Wellness Balanced is a women-owned, vertically integrated cannabis company based in Northeast Minneapolis. And each product is expertly crafted, cruelty-free, and made with certified organic hemp and natural ingredients. Our listeners get 20% off with the code LIBATIONS20. That's L-I-B-A-T-I-O-N-S, the number two, the number zero. Shop now at Balanced Naturals. That's b l n c d naturals.com. And now here is the show.
1: So pro- you, know, you have your process, and I think sometimes, you know how you how you do things and how you proceed with your work uh, is. Like, you know, it can be questioned, but sometimes like, you know, like I don't really want to defend my process necessarily. You know, like I I would love to over time um, optimize it and figure out ways to do it better. And, you know, like I, I invite um, feedback when it's, you know, when it's in that sense. But, you know, like I don't want to, I don't know, like it's, it's, it's complicated. Dude, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know what helps with complicated matters is uh having a little glass i was gonna of say i think nice. you need to like
1: grease grease something up yeah.
0: yeah well uh all right so before we even get into what we're drinking i think we should talk about who we're drinking with yes uh now this is one of the the shows that i get really excited about because uh you and i met when you walked in the door today and i'm very excited to hopefully have a new friend but yeah. uh charles do you want to explain how you guys know each other and then we'll have him introduce himself or? we met
2: at Sammy's wedding. Oh, there we I believe, go. I believe that was the first time we met. And yes, we had a great time. Yes. And uh, we've what a party. Yeah, that was a blast. That was uh that might be the last wedding I was at, depressingly, because I don't think we went to any last year. I can't think oh. of any that I. it was anyways. a slow year for weddings. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I guess <laughs> I really everybody loaded up. That. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loaded up immediately. And then the next year was was nothing, apparently. But yeah, that wedding was a blast. And we had a blast there. And uh, it was it was great to hang out with you. And I've seen you many times since. Yeah. It's almost like we were probably always in the same places, but just didn't know one
0: another. So exactly. we like, hey! Exactly. Yeah. So uh, for, for other people out there who might not recognize your voice right off the bat, uh, what is your name and, and, and what do you do? Uh,
1: my name is Roy Sun. I'm a commercial photographer based out of Minneapolis. Uh, grew up, you know, kind of all over, but went to high school, college uh, here and have stayed here since. So Awesome. Um yeah, just we I think we share a lot of friends, like you said, Charles, and you know, I'm I'm sure we've been in the same place For sure. at the same time, yeah too, Ben. Definitely. Um,
0: it was cool when when Charles told me that you had agreed to be on the show, um, he sent me your Instagram handle and I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I I do really like uh, I think we said this to Dessa when she was here. I like when we have artists who have a lot of their art out there because even if I haven't gotten a chance to get to know you at all, you get a little feel of like who that artist is. You get it's a little vibe check. Yeah, like yeah. it's not it's not a hundred percent like oh I know who this person is. Yeah. yeah, but you can hear a little bit and be like oh okay I think I see how I feel like I see the world in a similar aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You know like. I just kept thinking when I was scrolling through your Instagram, like, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. <laughs> like, it's, it's cool when you see somebody that, like, oh, that thing that they thought was beautiful is absolutely something that I would see that way. And it right. forms a little bit of a bond with somebody that you don't know yet.
1: I, I am kind of torn on this because my Instagram has, has evolved throughout mm. the years. And right now, it's sort of this place that uh, I've, I've stopped trying to post for other people. Sure, and sure. it's it's now something that like if I think it's cool, that's that's good enough, and hey, you know I, I, want, you. I want to share that's, that. That's where I'm but at I, too. But I'm awful at sharing like work that I do. Uh, uh. Um, and it's, it's I think it's probably just you know some sort of complex that artists have of sharing their work and mm-hmm. you know not feeling like it's you know good enough or ready or you know just all of all of those things combined. I I feel every single one of them. Mm. So I. I'm notoriously bad at it, but, uh, we're, we're working on it. Um, and it's, it, it, helps when, you know, like I, I get positive feedback yeah, from, yeah, from people. Absolutely. I'm no, meeting. Your work, and so, your work is yeah, exceptional. Yeah, thank
0: you. Well, do you also, do you feel like I, I, I was told this by a mentor a long time ago and I've brought it up in the show before, but if, if you don't feel anything about that, if you're not a little bit stressed about sharing that, then to me, that's almost a symbol of not caring. Like, yes. I I want to – there's usually before anything that I'm going to walk out on stage with a microphone in my hand with a crowd of people, there's at least one minute where I just want to throw up and run away because I yeah. – whether it's imposter syndrome or nerves or, yes. or anything, every wedding that I've officiated, I go through it. I think about it in the car on the way there. Like, is there someone else at the wedding that could just do it and then I could go home? Yeah. Like I, I have that. And it's yeah. not a it's revving not a, your
2: engine at the starting line. Yes, exactly. And it's
0: not a it's not a this is gonna kill me and I won't show up. Yeah. I, it's just a thing I have to fight through every time. And I think that that's I think it's because I I care and I just want everyone to see how much work and how much love and how much of me went into whatever yes, it is. Yes.
1: Yes, that's the hope and you know, it's it's the hope that kills it. <laughs> Love. <laughs> Love hurts. Uh, Roy, you have
2: any fun new projects yeah, coming yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um so I actually got to do a bit of traveling last year and I got to go to Korea twice last year which Amazing. was uh, you know, unheard of. Usually, because I can go maybe like every three, four years. Yeah. Um, I felt
2: like you were there a lot because you went multiple times. It was and I, every I, I was time I looked twice. at your feet, you were there. I was like, it was, what? it was back to back. Yeah.
1: And I had like a month back here in between, so basically just enough time to get back on the jet lag, <laughs> yeah. like you know, recover from yep. jet lag and then suffer through it again. <laughs> um, it was like a yo-yo, but it was yep. it was great. Um, the first trip was all family stuff. Ah. Um, you know, met my parents there. My sister and her boyfriend went out. And is your family spread out or, or um, located in one area? My dad's side of the family is all in the States. They're all, like, kind of scattered. And then my mom's side of the family is all in Korea. Cool. So it's, you know, we were kind of the black sheep uh, on that side of the family living sure. in America. Um, and they always treated us really well. when you know, we went and visited. So, uh, yeah, we went out, saw them, you know, for the first time in a couple of years. Like, there's new babies now. You know, like, all, mm-hmm. the, all of the things. And so it's... Uh, it was really fun to to be able to go and do that and kind of just like turn off from work. Sure, because I you know I, I swear this always happens, but uh, when I do have a trip planned, it's it's always like a sprint to the finish, and then I'm it's like I'm sprinting straight to the gate, and then I yeah. get in the gate, and then I'm like okay, like that was that was crazy. I'm not gonna think about this for a couple of weeks, and then you know that that went by and it was it was awesome, and then. Came back, worked a little bit longer, and then I, the second time I went back was actually for a documentary that uh, we are working on.
2: I was going to ask why you returned because I (laughs) I did a similar thing in 2009 where I went to Lebanon for like five weeks and then I left for a month and I went back for another month.
1: I honestly, I didn't want to come back. I, I was thinking about just staying. Yeah. Um I'm staying but, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm gonna be back here for, you know Yeah, so you
2: knew you were going back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And
1: you know, I was like, I gotta like go see my dog, I gotta yeah. I gotta take care of some work. Yeah. Um trying to
2: make your dog too mad, right?
1: Yeah, you know, like so so we went back. Um this time I went with uh the team that I, you know, do a lot of work with, um, you know, producer, videographers, um, and then some talent that that we had. So uh, we actually went to Italy uh, right before the pandemic um, and shot a documentary on olive oil and Amazing. olive harvest yeah uh, and you know it was just beautiful we got to tour around in motorcycles uh, come on rode. it was I mean I didn't do any riding I, I rode I rode maybe like you know like a quick stretch of yeah. the highway but yeah um, our buddies David and David um, my one of my one is my roommate he runs a cafe racers of Instagram, which oh. is Croy. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, and uh, the other David actually imports olive oil and jumps Was out it? of planes and does this stuff. David Do- Delanave. You know Delanave? <laughs> Fuck <I>, Delanave! <laughs> oh man! Everyone knows Delanave. Yeah,
0: so he's still in my. I, I, I don't if he listens to this, David. I love you. Uh, he's still in my phone as. Uh, david Theon, t-h-e-o-n-e because a mutual friend of ours went on a single date with him and got back and was like i think he's the one." Oh, and I, I thought it was the was funniest like, yeah i thought it was the funniest thing that i had ever heard <laughs> and i was telling him that story and he's like oh my god i, I literally thought we didn't click at all like <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so funny. And i was like well i'm just gonna change your name right here theone and so for yeah. like two or three years later I would get stuck trying to remember his actual last name yeah, because I was so used to seeing Theon pop up every time. That happens now when people can people can change their
2: contact info and yeah. in their phone for yeah. you. Yeah. And if you you know elect to let them be called what they want to be called, then I'll sometimes forget yeah someone's name because I'm like,
0: well, it says that their name is <laughs> you know they exactly. got like some goofy ass name. So was it was it his family's? Olive it was, oil? It was, yeah. So yeah. it was,
1: it was like through his family. Um, he had a really close family friend. Right. Charles, their oil is incredible too. It's so good. It's, it's lights out. Yeah. Um, and what's <laughs> the oil
2: producer? Do you know the name of the olive uh, oil Luigi producer? Luigi Tega. Yeah.
1: Luigi Tega is okay. the producer. Um, and it's, it's in a small, like, God, now, now on with a hot mic. I can't think of the city. Um, you could, we spent, if you spent a couple of days there.
0: If you look it up, um, He's talked a lot about it. I think it's on the website, too, is kind of the, the, the whole story. David's got some opinions cool. about Olive Oil, man. He's got some opinions. I about would everything. imagine. It sounds <laughs> like it. Uh, it would be weird to have no opinions on Olive Oil oh, and have that okay. company. Fun fun side <laughs> story. Uh, in, in previous lives for both of us, um, uh, he, he, was, he was married, and I DJed the reception. Oh, sweet. And uh, it was at his house, and his house is on a lake. And even having like I was pretty responsible with the volume, mm-hmm. but even with a lower volume, the bass just carries across a surface of water so incredibly. So of course somebody calls the cops. So the cops show up. And it was really funny because I like they were like telling us to to turn it off. And so I turned everything way down. And I just very very, very quietly was playing fuck the police at like <laughs> at like a, a one volume. And I remember one by one, people in, like, the group that were talking to the cops, like, started hearing it, and you could see them trying not to smile, and also looking at me like, dude. <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> turn it down a little bit, turn it back up a little bit. <laughs>
1: so that's,
2: much- yeah, that's how you get them to come back and say, well, that was the second, uh, <laughs> yeah. the second warning for your... Is it really a
1: party if the cops aren't? That's what I'm saying. Well,
2: I was going to say that, but you have to be uh, younger. I think. Yeah. Any wedding in your 20s usually, I guarantee you, likelihood is a lot higher.
0: I guarantee you, when they got called to too much bass coming from a party at a suburban house, I guarantee you they thought they were busting teenagers. Yeah. And And they walked in, and everybody was in like bespoke suits. Yeah. Like they, (laughs) he might have been the hottest groom I've ever seen. Like it's that dude is. It's ridiculous. I'll, I am very confident in saying that.
1: I mean, you know, Dell Del knows what he's got. Yeah, he knows what he's got. <laughs> oh, that's
0: I love. Okay, I love that we've already figured out what so, to overlap on. That's a huge one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want
2: to tell us a little bit about um, the recent, uh, uh, Skullvin? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: would absolutely. be great to to hear absolutely. your your
2: impressions on how that all went down.
1: Um, that whole thing was just a blur, dude. It was it was crazy. Um So basically how it all how it all kind of started was uh, like five years ago, uh, me and two other buddies we went to Japan for one of their thirtieths and uh, we ended up in Kyoto um, for about four nights and stumbled upon tomo's bar yeah. which. Just like you know, oh, it was like by happenstance. It was just, just by happenstance. Yeah, there. we wow. were, the place that we were trying to go to was, I think, closed or something. Mm-hmm. So we ended up just finding a, a cool bar and and went in and just immediately blown away. You know, like uh have either of you guys been able to go to Japan? Nope. nope. I
2: famously on this podcast we talk about the fact that I had a trip scheduled in June 2020, and we
0: all know what happened. Oh, so we will leave it there no. and. Uh, for next year, it's my ten year wedding anniversary and I'm trying to convince my wife to let Seoul South Korea jump everything and be where we go. I got
1: you, man. I right. got you. you. will we'll be,
0: be I will be boring way. you to tears as soon as we're done with this I show about it.
1: questions. Um so we we go to we go to uh his bar and are just blown yeah. away and you know
2: Is it as fucking weird there as it looks like on his Instagram?
1: <laughs> it's I don't know what he's up to these days, yeah, like these days is like is just completely something different, and okay, I you mean, think he, he got he got anywhere we maybe I mean maybe you yeah. know like we when we were briefing him, I was like I was like, dude, like i I know what you're probably doing right now is is awesome, it's just like I don't know if that's what's gonna help us for this kind of event, you know, yeah. like I think this needs to be a little more like play your hits kinda yeah. you know, like so um. So yeah, anyways, like we, we go we go back every night that we're there. You know, oh wow. We, so you went we there like four treading, nights straight? Four nights straight. Nice. You know, and it it was just like every time, you know, something would come out, it's just like, dude, like this is nuts. So uh, you know, channeling that and kind of like holding that and, like like basically creating a core memory. Yeah. And, you know, leaving, I was like, dude, like it'd be so cool to to like bring Tomo out here. You know, like it, it felt like he should be famous and he just hasn't really been like discovered yet. Or like, you know, like I was like, dude, like someone's going to do like a chef's table episode on you or, you know, something. Right. So. And sorry, how many years ago was this? This is five years ago. Yeah. Okay.
2: Cause now he's, now he's finally on the next 50. So he's like on the radar of the tastemakers. Yeah. So at the time he was probably just a total unknown outside of Kyoto. yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so I think he's, you know, done a good job of, kind of building his name, his reputation within Japan, and then he started to do a couple other, like, pop-ups and stuff in just Asia, like, greater Asia, like, so Singapore and, like, you know, Hong Kong and just outside of Japan. And um, a couple years ago, uh, a friend of mine who lives in Portland, Seiji, he puts out this, like, random Instagram story, and he was like, hey, so I, uh, my buddy, my my bartender buddy and I are looking for a place to do a pop up. Um, you know, bartender buddies from Japan, and we are just looking for some leads on, you know, a couple spots and whatever. It's super like high level, um, and I responded to him and I was like, "Hey, dude! Like, if your bartender buddy happens to be Seiji or f- happens to be Tomo from Nokashita and in, in Kyoto, then I'm in. I'm whatever you need, I, I will help you. Yeah. <laughs> and he replies, "Haha, yeah, that's wow that's him, so I was like, "Okay, like the chances of like the one bartender that I knew in Japan who I also wanted to do like a pop up with him serendipity, you know yeah right? exactly, yeah. so <laughs> it was meant to be, so uh I was like, all right, like you know i'm I'm gonna take this as a as a sign and and try yeah. and do this and so um this was this was probably like two ish years ago, um and the date that we had kinda like floated kept getting pushed back because of, you know, like COVID and other, you know, other just like other things outside of our control. Right. Um, and then this past like November, Japan lifted all of their like travel restrictions and the the trouble wasn't leaving Japan, it was always coming back to Japan. Oh, sure, okay. You know, he couldn't he couldn't wait <clears throat> the two weeks or, you know, whatever to quarantine. So once that was lifted, it was kinda like all right, like, you know, keys in the ignition. We just got to turn the key. And since then, I had kind of floated and like talked to uh, industry professionals that I had trusted, you know, talking to. So like Pip Hansen and Easy and mm-hmm. you know, all of those guys were super helpful in uh, just giving just giving me good advice and you know people that I should talk to. And um, you know, originally I had all these different thoughts of like where I wanted it to be, but you know kind of as we got closer i i kind of realized that like there was going to have to be some sort of format that it needed to follow and the close like the more that i figured out that format i almost felt like we needed to make like an anti event yep. you know what i mean like i needed sure. to do two mm-hmm. because doing just one was going to feel too it was, it was just going to be, like, too one-dimensional. Yeah, almost know. a
0: little claustrophobic,
1: maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, I was actually in Korea when uh, I got introduced to Scalvin, um, our friends Peter and Linda from Saturday Dumpling Co. Yeah. Uh, they were hanging out with them, and they had mentioned to them that that I was planning this thing, and they were like, oh, my God, like, we've been to Tomo's Bar in Kyoto, and we would love to be involved, you know, like the whole, sh- you know, the whole spiel. And so I was like, Hey, like, you know, we'd love to get together when I get back and talk about this. And this was still like up in the air, you know, nothing was concrete. No, yeah. no tickets were bought, nothing. It was more just like Tomo was down and I was down to figuring out how to, how to get it, you know, through the finish line. Um, and, and so I, I talked to Sculvin. I went I went over there met, Ryan and Nelson and all those guys, and uh, it felt right to to do this with Scovin too, just because of you know not only like the the personal connection that they had, yeah, Tomo but yeah. also just um,
2: the aesthetic of the, the cocktail room. I mean, just
1: you know, there's there was Tyson's nothing going affinity for it. Japan. Yeah, it was, was a it good was all It all made sense, and yeah. I think like from like a vibe and like an event standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. the the two events, you know, the one at Kato and then the yeah. one at Sculvin, um, they complemented each other super well. And, um, you know, I, I I think that having two different sort of events to more or less obtain the same product, which was, you know, Tomo's Cocktails. Yep. Uh, it was presented in two different ways and whichever way you wanted to, to go about it. Was up to you, right? You know, but um, it felt really great just to kind of like commit to something, and then um, you know, not just talk about it, but like because like I was talking about it for years, yeah. You know, like and then was, it finally this, happened. This was years, and you were ago. like, "See,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Man, And and like you know, not having any actual like firsthand industry experience, you know, I relied a lot on on friends and people, sure. Who, you know, kind of like took it and and still made sure that like you know we had everything that we needed to make sure it happened. You know, mm-hmm. like the the team at, at Cotto were super instrumental in making sure that you know we had all, all the things that we needed. And same with Tyson and Mary at, at Scalvin. You know, they like it, it was so cool to just be able to work on this with people and like see uh, the spaces. You know, like, all the work that needs to be put yeah. in order to put on this show for customers at night. And this is repeated every night. I was wrecked after, I'm sure, after yeah. this weekend. Like, I don't do back-to-back nights, hanging out. Like, you know, I'm tired. And this was, like, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night of just, like, you know, being being social and talking to people from 5 o'clock until, like, 1 in the morning right and i was like dude you guys do this every weekend like yeah. holy shit that's yeah. like, so even much love me. so much respect it <laughs> was also
2: such a unique thing for scalvin that yeah. broke out of the the typical standard service that they do i i don't even know if you realize that so many people were involved to the degree that like Tyson used me as a sounding board for some things that he was like, do I do this or do I do this? And then he was talking to you about some stuff that he probably talked to me about because Mm -hmm, I've done mm -hmm. a lot of events and stuff. And so, uh, you know, I saw like all the work that you guys were doing and then actually experiencing it. I know it seems like hyperbole when we say stuff like this, but it blew my mind because it's hard to be challenged in that space Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I would say I'm maybe a little bored with cocktails now. Because I don't feel challenged by them, I'd rather stick with what works. Yeah. If I show up at a bar, like I went to Meteora, We could go to just blow off some steam, and I sat at the bar. And Javi slid the menu over to me, and I slid it back to him. And I said, "Give me a tall uh, Tom's and a dirty vodka martini." You yeah. Know? And he's yeah, like, right away. Sometimes that's where my mind goes. But if you experience something like that evening, that was just not only is it unique, it was unique without being uh, funny. Yeah. You know, yeah, it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like the, the dirt wasn't just supposed to trick your brain. It also served a purpose. There's a mm. reason that that drink was built the way that it was, oh and all of the elements and the savory elements. For me, I'm a big savory cocktail guy. Mm-hmm. So each one of those drinks can contain at least one sort of savory spin or was savor
1: forward. And each one of them, I was like,
2: I wish I could order
1: this all the time. Well, it's, it's just like when you bring someone who is completely outside. Yeah. of you know this like ecosystem yeah, right you know you're bringing forward their their perspective their palette mm-hmm. their style all of these things and it's you know it's it's just a breath of fresh air you know it's new blood it's all of these things and uh you know it like you have to go to to these things you know and if you're lucky right. like you you can find them and you can go to them um often they're far and whatever mm-hmm. but like every now and then you know if the stars align you know like it'll come to you
2: yes you transported a bar in kyoto to the twin cities which is no small feat obviously so that was that made me that for me was like a little bit of a healing salve for not having been able to go to japan these last few years so like i want to thank you for that because it that was for everybody i feel like you know (laughs) i feel like i i got a taste of being in japan today Mm -hmm. and that'll that'll keep my keep my wound cool for quench your thirst just long enough to yes, get back yes so i can yeah find the time and the and you know figure it's a out little
1: tease you know like yeah. it's like oh you like that wait yeah. till you ah you like get that? on a plane <laughs> and you know get over there um, oh. it was yeah it was it was so neat and like i said again like those guys were, were so like open to the idea first of all just like you know believing in in this and in me and yeah. you know like my 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 partner in this and uh there there were so many reasons for it to not work yeah. <laughs> just dude like it was <laughs> the mo- the moment that like i like went and picked him up at the airport yeah it's like oh my god you're here this exactly. <laughs> like, holy yeah. shit he is literally here <laughs> you are here dude and so uh you know until then i had um you know some some pretty intense uh anxiety and and worry about this but um you know it went it went great and uh Kind of like I was saying earlier, like as soon as this was done, like on on Sunday when I was like Sunday or Monday when I dropped him off at the airport, I like just didn't talk to anybody. I didn't see I anybody. I didn't do anything. Yeah. I didn't post about it. Like nothing. Close else. the blinds. You're like, I need to chill. I was like, I need to I need to like recover from this. Yeah. And you know, let it let it process and simmer. And so, you know, like besides like like one or two conversations about it, like this is kind of the first time that I'm yeah. Kind of you know processing everything and yeah, so
2: why I wanted to touch on it before we got into our topics as well because I you know I had such a wonderful time and I know how much work that had to have been so yeah thanks for sharing with us and cheers to you and Tomo that was and and here's here's to him coming back again someday yeah Yeah, hopefully it went so well that he's like when can I come back what's what's
1: (laughs) really cool about that is Tomo had only been to America once before Mm. Um, it was last fall for another pop up that he did in New York. And so the second place he'd ever been to in the States was Minneapolis. That's wild. Yeah. And it was Minneapolis when she was deciding to be a crazy ass bitch and, you know, be like negative eight degrees. Yeah. And he was walking from the hewing to Cotto.
0: Oh shit. I mean, that's like, still, that's every like day. five, six. It's, it's like yeah. a good
1: four or five blocks. Yeah. But like, you know, I was like, dude, like I can pick you up. I can do all this. And yeah. he's like, no man, like, you know,
0: I can walk. It's fine.
1: And I was like, okay, it's, it's going to be cold outside. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, bring
0: your jacket. I mean, Kyoto, at least, it gets its share of of winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably it's regulated by the sea. You know, being a, a maritime city, I'm sure it's it's a little bit more normal, but it still at least gets cold there. It gets it gets cold. You know, he's not he's not probably cooking, never like, got Phoenix. that cold,
1: right?
2: <laughs> like <laughs> Minnesota, dead of winter. But cold he, now.
1: yeah, he, I was like, I was like, is this the coldest that you've ever? He was like, yeah, like absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Just no, you know, it's not in it's not in contention. It is <laughs> it is definite. So. Yeah. We take Mom, What are we drinking?
0: Uh, we're drinking the reserve edition of West 32, uh, which is an American-made sochu. Yep. Um, It was... I just got, like, kind of a little blurb. I was trying to find something kind of unique to bring to the show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I came across it, um, the article was talking about that sochu, every, you know, every year. There's like, is this the year that it breaks in, in the West? Man. <laughs> and uh, I th- I thought the story in this was really cool. It yeah. was... Um, uh, it's a, a a group of people who got together and they wanted to make their own version of all the soju that they drank on West 32nd in Koreatown. That's K-Town in New York City. Yeah. Yep. And they, they they went through a number of different traditional ingredients. They tried one with sweet potato. They tried one with uh, some different grains. And being in America, they this is a corn-based soju that is then, for the reserve, is aged for six months in uh, American white oak. Um, and... I love the sweetness on it. I, I wish there was a little bit more like funk. Um, yeah. but I think that's probably more indicative of the corn than it is the the wood, but I could be wrong.
1: 've had this I've had this before., okay. and I haven't had like any sojus that, that use corn. Yeah. Um, you know the the stuff that like what, what most people know soju as is the green bottle mm-hmm. um, you know stuff that you see at Korean barbecue. Um, now, thankfully our local liquor establishments have started to carry, you know, not just like the flavored stuff, but like the OG, just like, you know, and it's like, it's just, it doesn't taste good. It gets the job done. (laughs) You know, it's, this is, this is pure, like for the people gets you drunk. You know, it's fun. Um, in Korea it's, it's like, I think it's somewhat regulated, like how like much it can be, but Uh, Lately, in the last couple of years, there's been a huge uptick in craft soju, um, Mm. you know, and not just in Korea, but also like in the States. And so uh, one of the places that we actually visited when we were in Korea filming that documentary was a place called Toki Soju, which they actually also started out in New York um, and they actually moved their production to Korea and do all of their production in Korea. They legally can't sell it in America anymore. So it's kind of this like weird, you know, like, Mm. yeah. I mean, I I think they're kind of going through uh, and and figuring out like how to make it work. Okay, but um, super super cool bunch of guys, um, and yeah, they they kind of showed us like how you know the sausage is made essentially, but same idea where you know they were sort of going against the grain of what the mass produced soju, you know, that everyone knew was and kind of zagging and sure. you know using using you know good ingredients and and making a craft soju that you know price point all of that stuff is a little closer to a liquor but mm. the product that you're going to get is also it's way nicer way nicer so um yeah no this, this is tasty though
0: yeah it's yeah. like this is solid I'm, I'm not mad at this by any means I just every you know I I, I will admit that my palate is young enough in the soju world that I don't know what like really great versus decent is. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I've had some that I really enjoyed that had a little bit more of like a, like a funk to this is something that isn't mass produced, I guess, you know, like sort of like when you see the marketing material here in the States, it always says something about like the vodka of Asia. Like it's always some terrible one line that some marketing company came up with. And if you think about like vodka, in essence, is supposed to be you know, flavorless and tasteless for it to appeal to the masses. So, right. you know, anything mass-produced, I feel like you're stripping away any originality. Um, and I, I do, I do like a little bit of the barrel flavor in there, and that's probably just the the whiskey and rum lover in me. But mm-hmm. I'm good with it.
1: I right. mean, I mean, how we're drinking this too is is a lot closer to like a Scotch or a whiskey mm. versus exactly. soju. You know, you you're ripping shots usually. It's. And I, I thought about bringing a regular, just like a. A regular bottle of soji but you got to have that with food and it's like it's a whole thing so we'll do like another <laughs> yeah, proper oh yeah like korean barbecue i'm going do it you know another <laughs> another type dinner where Over we get tempted to... me with fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you want to
0: tee it up yeah let's go all right so uh question numero uno um we are all fortunate enough on on the show to be able to travel uh quite a bit and one of the things that that we talk about and have bonded over for many years, uh, between Charles and I was finding different like food scenes, finding different places that I didn't even, you know, like I had not thought about or hadn't been on my radar. And, uh, so I figured I'd start this out by asking, is there somewhere that you've traveled to, uh, domestically or internationally that you wish more people, uh, gave credit to or gave flowers to?
1: Man. It's a good question.
0: And if you want to ponder it, again, uh, we knew the questions ahead of time. You didn't. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Uh, I'm sure Charles has something.
1: I mean, domestically, I, you know, I'm kind of bullish on, you know, like defending Minneapolis. Mm. You know, I, th- I think we have a great scene here. A lot of awesome tastemakers and um, good food, a unique perspective. Um, my parents live... Just outside of Portland, um, in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, wow! And uh, Portland's food scene is like, I think continually just like they punch kind of above their weight class. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, so, places out there are just awesome. You know, not a lot of skips. Floors pretty high. Uh, you know, I like Seattle and like the Pacific Northwest in general are great. But I think for me personally, Portland is is. The best um, and then like gosh, internationally I mean Japan's unreal it's it's unreal and like I think that's that's going kind of blindly not really knowing um, you know certain places like like sure like there's like a couple spots that I've seen you know on YouTube or Instagram or whatever to to check out, but like not having fully researched it, and still sure. having an incredible experience, just by like stumbling into Tomo's bar or mm-hmm. getting snacks at like Seven Eleven or Lawson's, you know, like that that experience to us is just so unique and incredible. That like Japan was was crazy. Um, man, I, I don't know. It's it's that's a really hard question. I, no, I, I mean that,
0: that's those are great answers right there.
1: It's it's the thing like. The thing is, is, like, eating is, like, you know, top two things of what I'm going to do when I go to a place. And it's usually not number two. It's usually number one. Yep. Yeah. You know, like, I'm that, that's you. what I'm, I'm there <laughs> to do. Uh, so, you know, even if it's not, like, a city that is fully known for a robust scene, it's, I'm still going to try and find, you know, a place that's making some noise and, and you know, making some cool, cool stuff. So, you know, that, but then also, like, like, I love going to, like, grocery stores in other countries and, like, you know, just seeing, like, what what their deli looks like, what, like, you know, like, stuff that, like, maybe I wouldn't touch if it's in my country. But, you know, if if I'm somewhere else, like, yeah, I'm going to walk in down, you know, walk up and down that bread aisle or
0: does whatever. Who did we talk about that with? Somebody else just said that a few episodes ago.
1: It comes up. That, that, A like you, guests
2: have said it, and you you always say it because I always your, say it because it's my favorite, favorite things thing oh, to do so when you're I, traveling. Like, you know.
0: so when we were talking earlier about uh, that first night when you land, like the traveling wipes my wife out, so most mm-hmm. of the time she'll go right to bed when we get there. I will try and push through. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we were recently overseas, like that first night I just went up by myself and we were traveling with another couple, they all crashed out. If we get early enough and my wife just wants to take a nap, if I'm not feeling that, I will literally look up the closest grocery store and I'll just go and walk up and down every aisle. It's the the best. I'll spend an hour
1: at the sauce, you know, just in front of the sauces. Yeah. Kind of just hang out, you know, like...
0: What is you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I vary from there a little bit because it depends on my location. But anywhere I go, if the weather is nice, I want to go to the farmer's markets because I want to just see the bounty of locally grown produce just all over. And then if you're in a locale like uh, when I was in Santiago, Chile, and they have, like, a world-famous seafood market, that was like walking through rows of aliens, just (laughs) seeing all the barnacles, like, poking their heads out at you and stuff. like that. There's nothing like seeing fresh anything from a locale that you can't experience at home.
0: Also, for any of our listeners out there that don't know what an actual living barnacle looks like, go check that shit out. Because I remember it. the first time I saw that, I was like what fresh hell is this look like
2: up, look up a video if you're watching yeah it. yeah They're, for sure a video they look like a, a, a creature from the Muppets or something yeah <laughs> it's weird the first time you see it you're like is
1: that supposed to move <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's that's one of like the marquee kind of like food things that people eat when when people go to Korea is, is um, it? it's it's squid it's it's like live squid
2: yeah oh sure yeah and yep. so
1: like live squid they like chop it up and like all the little things are moving and then you like drizzle some like sesame oil on top ah, of it you rip yeah. a shot of soju and then you just, just pop it in. Toss it. In. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, you know, it's it's like it's not quite fully tired yet, but it's everyone, good. you know, like if if it's your first time in Korea, you know, like you know like you come to New York, you want to see the, you know, Statue of Liberty. It's like, okay, like it yeah, like we'll we'll go get some live squid.
0: That's 100% a thing that I would do if friends were with me and 100% a thing I probably wouldn't do if I was alone. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you do it, you like, you know, I'm not going to eat a plate full of this by myself. Like, it comes, you can't just like ask for like a little like Dixie cup for it, you know, like you you order, you order that and like that's what you ask for, you know, so you gotta eat it. (laughs) Live
0: squid, the Korean malort. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe with some malort, I'd do that. Literally every time, every time a friend of mine comes to Chicago, somebody will be like, well, you gotta have malort. I'm like, you guys.
1: Is malort something that is like usually, uh, You know, forced upon another... Like, I've never seen someone go to Chicago and be like, I want to do Malort. It's more like the person in Chicago is like, you're in Chicago, motherfucker. It's It's a tradition. Let's do some Malort. Malort. Yeah, so,
0: like, they jokingly refer to it as the Chicago handshake because... Like they try to get, but Charles and I are lovers of said uh spirit. That's the problem when I'm
2: in Chicago. Is that I would like to order it at a bar, but then I feel like they think I'm trying to be ironic, and I'm like, I just, I, like, I, 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 just want to ordering Malort. I want to drink some. Yeah, we in, we love it. It's That's, one of uh, uh, it's, uh, <laughs>
0: you know what you know what really gets them confused and, and throws that out. It's almost. our whole identity. Right? Ordering <laughs> it on the rocks in Chicago yeah. will baffle. They'll be like, I'm so you want what. And mm-hmm. that's how they know I'm serious. Sure. I'm like, no, this isn't sure. a shot thing. Like, I'm going to continue to sip sure. it, yeah. and I'm going to make eye contact with you <laughs> while I do it. <laughs> Charles Woods, who whose food scene do you want to send flowers to? I'm not going to say I got sniped, but um, I, I know
2: someone who's going to um, Portland this weekend, and that was like one of the things that came to mind um, because you got to think of like locales that don't get. Uh, Michelin acclaim, and that obviously qualifies. Um, And, yeah, Portland food scene, RIP Pock Pock, fucking screen door. So many dope-ass places in Portland. I absolutely love the food scene. Some of the nicest people on planet Earth, too. Uh, I always say anecdotally that when Marnie and I were there, I told her I could very easily be led down an alley and shanked because everyone was so nice. They could be like, come here. And I'd be like, hey, what are we doing? Oh, (laughs) God. That sounds like fun. Ouch, you're poking me. Ask me if I like if I like Portland but I'm going to say uh, Madison Wisconsin. Yeah. And one of the reasons I'm going to say Madison Wisconsin is the um the James Beard uh finalists came out today. Yep. And no Minnesotans made it and that is very rare. Uh for pastry. No Minnesotans for, made it for best chef in yeah, the west. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Yep. Which is very very rare. Wisconsin blew up and they had two Madison restaurants, which also I've never I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah. Like, Letois on there sometimes, but I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen there It was, like, two, two from
1: Madison and then one from Milwaukee, right? One from Milwaukee, yeah. And yeah. then one so. from
0: Nebraska, one from Omaha, and one from North Dakota. That's impressive, what? I mean. Was it North Dakota? I think so. Or there, Iowa? Yeah, there was
1: one of the Dakotas. One of the Dakotas was there. Yeah. I think it was south. Was it south? was so. it
2: Michigan, or is that the wrong region? Yeah. Michigan, no, no.
1: Michigan or Detroit and Chicago are the Great Lakes.
2: The Great Lakes area, right, okay. But it's um,
1: awfully confusing.
2: Yeah. Well, right. New York's its own thing. And then you have, it's, it's super confusing, but that sort of brought to mind like, wow, I always uh, love dining in Madison. Mm -hmm. Madison's a beautiful town, super walkable. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also got a bar called Maduro that you can smoke cigars and drink cocktails inside of, which is very rare in the Midwest for us. And um, it's hard to go wrong with the food scene. There's so many great restaurants in Madison and, some come and go and some have been there forever, like Le one of the finest French restaurants in the Midwest, uh, with an incredible wine list. Their their bubbles are top-notch. they got some crazy bubbles on their wine list. Um, and it's just like a nice, quaint, romantic French spot. Um, pig in a fur coat. I've loved Pig in a fur mm. coat for many, many years and got to go back there again recently, like a couple of years ago. But, yeah, their food scene is fantastic, and it's sort of unsuspecting because— I think people that don't visit there think of it as a college town, but it's a political town. It's touristy. It's a great stop for Twin Citizens to make uh, on the way to Chicago if you don't want to do the whole seven-hour drive. So a lot of times if I'm driving to Chicago, which I enjoy doing, I'll spend an evening in Madison Mm -hmm. and pick a nice place to go out to dinner, go get a few cocktails, and then smoke some cigars at Maduro. But, yeah, great, great food town and doesn't get – Not just not enough credit, but I think the broader populace in the United States and definitely beyond has no idea that Madison is a a very strong food town.
0: For those of you listening that aren't uh, super high-end food folks, I will also say that Comedy on State is one of the best comedy clubs on earth. And then if you walk down about three blocks, if you walk down the hill from there uh the plaza tavern is my f- might be my favorite dive bar burger in the country mm. it is the the griddle is behind the bar oh yeah that's that's a good sign including the fryer the fries. Everything is literally just getting made right there. The spatter from the deep fat fryer is going on to the griddle. Is there like, like an eject button somewhere? <laughs> <absolutely>, <laughs> dude. It is, it is. I, I remember walking in and like all of my years as like serve safe certified. I was like, this has to be a violation. But then I had the burger and I'm like, Yeah, I'll just shut up. This is so good. i please don't ever ruin this. The the menu board yeah. is like the old press board letters on the old yeah. like oh, Pepsi yeah. Co. Bin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't just eat sexy
2: food. Like Halong Bay is probably my favorite, um, low key my favorite Asian restaurant in in probably the Midwest. All right, Halong Bay fucking rules. What's my like buddy catered thing? his wedding. That's in Madison. In Madison with Halong Bay, and I had a hard time moving away from the fair, the buffet table. Yeah, I, in Madison, it's a kitty
1: corner from. Oh man, I can't think of the name of the... I unfortunately can't add anything to this conversation. I've like I've driven through Madison. Spent maybe an hour. It's cool-ass town, man. Gibbs. It's Kitty Corner from Gibbs Cocktail Oh, yeah. Bar, yeah. Which is like a house, and uh-huh. each
2: level has different drinks yep. on it, but it's like a bar built into a house. Gotcha. That's the best bar in Madison, and How Long Bay is the best Asian food in Madison. But, yeah, you can do sexy food, and you can do casual food. Like huh? It's great to go there for um, uh, Great Taste of the Midwest, the big beer festival, yeah. because there's so much great food that you can – eat before and after just kind of pop in anywhere. Facts. Go to like a goose Island tap, takeover and grab a bite. Those types of things. Yeah. It's covers all levels.
1: I, oh gosh, I was trying to think of like Wisconsin, like mm. just greater Wisconsin, just in general. Yeah. Um, what's that? What's that burger joint in superior?
0: Uh, anchor bar.
1: Anchor, oh. anchor bar. Anchor bar. Yeah. Anchor bar. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Cause yeah. you mentioned beer and I was like, I do love a good spotted cow on draft. If you can mm. find, uh-huh. you know, like I guess if I'm in Wisconsin, it's it's a little easier. But <laughs> that's maybe the only place I know by name in Wisconsin. Otherwise, yeah. I am. That's driving if, right through her. If
0: I'm if I'm at if I'm at Anchor Bar, I have to. It's the only place I will say this about. I have to get. They have a thirty-two ounce Keystone Light. That oh is, yeah, that is served at thirty-two point <laughs> one degrees. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Is, yes. yes. It, that is <laughs> the perfect antidote for the beautiful salt and grease bomb that is their burger. I'm 100% sure that griddle's never been scraped. The The kitchen, this place is... You're served, fired if you scrape that. Yeah, one. 100%. Yeah. Like, this place seats 150 easy if the patio's open, and there is room in that kitchen for a cook. Yeah. And it's all burgers and fries. And they also literally bust out the potatoes for I fries as it. you're going. Yeah, I can smell it. That place is, is fantastic. Place fucks. Yeah. Come on, what you got, baby? Uh, you know... I wasn't going to say this until earlier today. I was talking about, I'm fortunate enough, uh, Roya. Uh, my wife and I are both bringing our mothers to Norway in oh, a month. Cool. And uh, I was saying, like, there's just a piece of my heart that lives there. It's where my heritage is from. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said there. I'm fortunate enough? I am fortunate. I thought no. you said unfortunate. No. No.
2: And I was like, I am fortunate. I was enough. like, what kind of bad Sorry. news is he about to set up? He's like, I got to no, no, no. with my mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, so for. <clears throat> I, 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 I moved there 23 years ago. I was there for a year-ish and then came back. Mm-hmm. And I just always dreamed about that. And when people were asking, like, what are you the most excited for? And I was like, well, I want to show my mom, like, where I lived. I want to show her the bar that I worked at. She's never been there. We're going to go up to the area where both my father's side of the family and my mother's side of the family are from. Like, I'm really excited about that. And they're like, no, 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 like, you – what are you excited about? And I said, well, I'm really pumped because there's a couple restaurants that mean a lot to me that <clears throat> I want to go. And there's like a specific thing I want. Yeah. And then there's, I'm going to go to a, a bar and there's a specific drink I want. <clears throat> but really for me, it's like fresh seafood. I'm so excited oh, yeah. for all the yeah. seafood. And then I said, and I'm talking to a group of people. And, I said, <laughs> and then I said, but I was really spoiled because we were just in Ireland in November. And everyone laughed. Thinking that that was a joke about how good the seafood was in Ireland, and I was like, "You guys, it's incredible! Like anywhere in the country in the U.S. that you go, you're going to go to an Irish pub, and it's always going to be like shepherd's pie, yeah, and, you know, some form of a pub burger, like a hearty, hearty food. Fish and chips is yeah, probably going to yeah. be your only seafood option. Every man, hearty food, yeah. 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 But when you're there. You're, it's a, it's an island. It's a small island. No matter where you are on that island, you are three hours or less away from the ocean. Sure. So everywhere you go... If I can quickly
2: interject, yeah. there are a lot of countries that are on the ocean or a sea that have no goddamn idea what to do with seafood uh, or have no access to seafood. When I was in... Quickly, when I was in yep. Chile... Uh, we had a Uruguayan judge who actually visited me here last summer. His name is Danielle. What's up, Danielle, if you listen to this? But what up in Uruguay, he said that their, um, Argentina stole their shoreline. They can't access their waterways because Argentina takes all nope. of their seafood, so they only eat red meat. I'm like, that fucking blows. And in Lebanon, it's... Pretty hit and miss if you find places that are good at preparing seafood. And mm. they're on the Mediterranean. For sure. The whole fucking seaboard is along the western side of the country. So it's it's interesting how that happens. So I can see people from outside of Ireland perhaps
0: saying, like, there's good seafood in Ireland? Yeah. Even though they're on the I ocean. Just, you know, I had never really thought about that. But that, well, yeah. I mean, the food in the entire... Like, United Kingdom area does not get a lot of love, so Mm -hmm. it makes sense that Irish food would also maybe be poo-pooed. But for me, it was more going there and realizing that it's the way that we've magnified that culture through America's own dietary habits. And then we've decided that that's actually what it is. It's kind of far behind
2: in in a way like Italy was forever. mm, You know, Americans thought it was just garlic bread soaked with garlic and uh, uh, spaghetti with sauce on top and giant meatballs. Absolutely.
0: So for me that like, and I'll admit, We're so smart. <laughs> and I'll admit that even, even in the research that I had done, I, it, I was like, Oh, this makes sense. There's like, when you look up best restaurants, like the top three are always seafood restaurants. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, well that makes sense. And then we got there and the first night we went out, yeah. um, three of the four of us ordered seafood. And then one of us had a steak just so that we could try like, Hey, what's an Irish steak like? And, Every time the fish was just incredible. It's you know, like we've I had it's two it fish
2: forward, like it's a lot of fish, or are there are other things that are um that would so maybe surprise
0: me. Yeah, uh, there I didn't know anything about the this. Oyster scene there was incredible. Dope. I had four different types of oysters that I've never seen or heard of before. Um, those were Lately incredible. They fished, are yeah, they from all
2: coastal around the, the island? Was there a variance in quality? Was it like mineral so I uh, wanna salinity, say salinity, like
0: Yes, there was a difference in in flavors and quality, but Mm. the problem was quality that's he scary pointed well like <laughs> yeah. for me it was just like there was a couple that were a little a little loose and flabby but you know uh but but, but he set it what are down you making and, fun of them for and he explained really quickly no. yeah right he explained really quickly what they all were and then we were trying to turn the plate so that everybody could get the spoon for the mignonette and then nobody could tell like where <laughs> where we had started yeah, so go. we i did have a couple that i really liked but um Russian uh, roulette with oysters. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But even, even stuff. It always like is. Pan, pan fried stingray. <laughs> I never had that, but that nice. was on the menu at one of these cool. restaurants. And because they treat what, like two of the restaurants we went to. You're like, that's for Steve Irwin. Right? <laughs> I'll get you back. It was, no, it was more like, see, like seeing what looked like steakhouse culture in this restaurant, but all based around seafood. You know, so it was a beautiful wine list Mm. and there was like incredible attention to detail on these plates Mm. and the sides were all very thoughtful and a lot of it was more like sharing style. But instead of, you know, a a New York strip or a ribeye or a bone in, it was like, which whole fish do you want? Mm -hmm. Do you want a side of that? And it was just a great reminder for like, I mean, there are so many problems with how we fish the world. I'm not saying that that's better than how we farm the world, but it was a great reminder of how much we miss out on in the, you know, being basically dead center in the continent of North America here. We're about as landlocked as you can get. And we have a decent lake fish culture, but it's just very hard to get fresh stuff here and realizing again, how cultures that I don't necessarily even associate with seafood, of course they have this incredible robust. And it's not just like dunked in batter and deep fried and fish and chips. Although, Two of my now top five favorite fish and chips have been from Ireland. (laughs) It is
2: ironic that I can access a greater variety of seafood at a local market in Minneapolis in the Midwest of the United States of of North America than I can when I go to a market in Patron, Lebanon. Yeah. Because they have like the standard fare that people are going to actually eat. But if you want weird stuff, you got to roll the dice down in the markets on the seaboard, and sometimes they they don't even open the door. Like we didn't catch anything today, but here I can go to coastal seafood and get whatever I want. Right? Isn't that interesting? That's that, so baffling. Like, well, What's also what like what a weird you
1: know, world. Well, like if if fishermen get paid more to ship this stuff out, you know, like there's no appetite sure. for it locally. Yeah. Then yeah, I mean, like you're going to be left with like the stuff that isn't bought, and you know, yeah. like people people get creative with that, and that's sort of like food history right like you know like people are creative and they make something with what's left over and and you know it evolves over time but then you know we're kind of at the point now where it's like that that food with all that history is now being sort of revered and you know like it's getting its moment so yeah uh, that's cool yeah very interesting
0: what do you say? Uh, should we cheers it? And uh, Charles, I, I actually
1: you're... just oh. emptied mine my... So do
0: we want to? Oh, we got well, we got something. We got oh yeah, something we do. Coming.
1: We do yeah, have. Yeah, we got, okay, we got something coming up. We got a little okay. something. Okay. L- okay. Little something. So so gonna... Should I pour a little more soju then? Is that? No, I
2: got. I got something over here because I want to ask this question first. Ooh. Okay. I came up with a question that was related to something we're drinking. So I
1: like this game. What's a? <laughs>
2: so Roy, what's a traditional way? Of serving or sharing a beverage that comes from your cultural background. Oh
1: uh, you did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I almost I almost did, let it go when you brought up the green percent when he mentioned yeah, 100% like you did. When he mentioned bad <laughs> You yeah. almost or like street I whatever. thought you were about
1: to like
0: ice me. <laughs>
3: like kind of, kind
0: of. uh oh, man. and we do have little cordial glasses if we want to go a shot style. I think we're gonna have to go. Shot okay, style. all right. Yeah,
1: I don't make the
2: no, So I did also get a bottle of, I actually went to this local liquor store in town, and they had most of it blocked off for, thank you, for um, construction, and half of the aisle with the Asian spirits was blocked off, but that was accessible, so I was like, alright, I got Skip. one, and I didn't know you were grabbing a bottle too, Kwam, but... Um, I'm glad that I grabbed it because we were just talking about basically like the green bottle, smaller bottle, soju. Is that typically like the type of soju you use so okay. This is OG. So this
1: is OG. Twisty metal cap. Yeah, you know, cheap. The Basically like the bottle is probably the most expensive thing <laughs> in, yeah. In, in, yeah. in this, right? And so you, you think about in Korea, the average person like – you know, when when people ask you, like, how much can you drink, it's in how many bottles of soju sure. can you handle, sure. right? So, uh, when I went to Korea last, you know, whatever, I I went at about a bottle, bottle and a half. I came back at about three and that a half. That sounds right. Yeah. Maybe four. You know, like, I was in prime form. Yeah. Um. And so, that's that's usually, like, how it is. And, you know, they sort of regulated, like, all the soju needs to be in green bottles they recycle these you know like these Mm. it's probably been been to a lot of places you know yeah so um this is what i kind of saw growing up with like my dad i learned Mm. you know like i drank with my dad uh i didn't really drink in high school but like you know i was exposed to it and from like an earlier age and when i went to korea when i was younger you know i would still uh you know give shots and take shots like at the dinner table as cuz it was a little more customary or you know just like culturally sure. appropriate right yeah yeah I wasn't getting hammered um but as soon as i turned 21 <laughs> um <laughs> no uh so so this the the theater of opening a bottle of soju is actually really fun and you mind, mind if I take a video if you do your little, absolutely. okay, because I, 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 so right so <laughs> I was low key, high key expecting, you know, yeah. some sort of uh, video.
2: Yeah. But Cause I've seen you do it on Instagram, but I've never seen you do it in real life.
1: Like, I went to, I'm trying to kind of be by the mic too. So we, we get audio, but um, basically there's a couple different things you can do. The, the most common that you've seen probably on like Instagram reels or TikTok is there's you, you swirl the bottle, and you get this little, like, tornado effect. Yeah. Effect. A little whirlpool.
0: Which, and also, for anybody out there that hasn't worked in the service industry, that is the best way if you're going to marry two bottles of the same spirit, one into another, which you're not supposed to, but you do at home. Uh, uh, that's how you do it. You spin it, and then you'll never get the glug, glug, glug. Uh, if you get yeah, that tornado yeah, 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 going, yeah, yeah. And you yep. flip it down, and then yep. it just goes.
1: Yep. And then, so you, you do that. It's, it's mostly theatric, but then you do that. You... Pop it like it's you know like a bottle like Snapple or something,
0: or pop it like it's hot.
1: Bring he brings all the gas up. Yeah, and then from here, uh, people can kind of get fancy and. So they it's holding g- it by the neck. Open. Oh come twist. on, that was awesome. <laughs> and then you open that, and then the last move. Soju tricks. The last move is they often there's like a little bit of gas here, yeah. so they'll pop just a little bit out and sure. throw it onto your shoe. That one's for the homies. Um, and then. Specifically. Exactly, and yep. then you always serve. Uh, I don't. I don't know
0: what age. I'm 43. I'm the, so oldest. I'm the oldest. I'm the, I'm the elder. You
1: pour the eldest first.
0: That's right. All well, you um, kids don't even know. And then exactly. Oh <laughs> so for for those of you listening, uh, we'll post the video. But um, he held it uh, with the the bulk of the bottle <laughs> sticking out from underneath the bottom of his hand or where his pinky is, and then in his left hand and then grab the base with his right hand so you're grabbing across we'll your other hand the too, yeah. and it's then, like a dance move yeah and then twist yeah. twist against each <laughs> other and you basically get like a 720 that pulls the cap completely off it's yeah it's that was that was cool it's show. so
1: funny because how i learned that was um we were in korea and and my friend irene who is uh like a food historian recipe person uh she she was part of the crew that um, we went to Korea with, and we had seen all these videos of Soji being opened, and we were trying to like figure it out. And the uh, the owner of the bar that we were at, he saw us, you know, making fools of ourselves, and he's like, "Here, like, let me show you." So it, it was like that scene in in uh, is it Ghost? or yeah. You know, like where like Patrick Swayze comes. <laughs> Got his yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, he's like, you know. Putting my hands where they're supposed to be, yeah, and you know, really showing me. And so, like, as soon as he did that, it just like, you know, literally and figuratively, just like unlocked, yeah, a new, yeah. Oh, a that's new awesome. move. And, uh, yeah, like,
2: like learning a move in a video game, you're just like, yeah, <sighs> and
1: like, finish him. You know, Irene, Irene's pretty active on social media, and so like, you know, we were drinking a lot and we were anytime like we opened a bottle of soju like none of us could open it like normal people had to fucking do the the thing (laughs) and so there's like reels of me like opening opening bottles of soju to like some k-pop music
0: and (laughs) I I 100% hope you know that there is going to be more green <laughs> bottles of soju involved in my life than I've ever been involved before, and I will be doing that. I now. just show <laughs> you the door. You know, that's, like, that's it, man. Yeah.
1: I show you the door, open it, and then it's, it's for you to walk through. But. I think
2: the last soju video, soju tricks video I saw of you was at uh, Chef Craft's new house. <laughs> I think that was the last one I saw. The waterfall?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
2: I want to be clear also that you didn't have to answer bec- this because I handed you the bottle. So if there's anything else that is a tradition that you wanted to cheers. mention, you're you welcome to do so. Um, I wasn't answering for you. No, no, cheers. no, thank it's you. All
1: good. Uh, you know, you <laughs> it was an alley oop. I knew what to do with yeah, that. <laughs> right? So if you if you drink. The two side by side. Oh, I mean, that's like it's,
0: fascinating.
2: It's, it's different. so different. Yeah, it's very different. Wow, so different. I, can I can I say that I like the green bottle more? You yep. do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like something about like the grittiness of that. It just seems like something, especially you when you remarked earlier that um, we'll do it next time, but with some some. Korean barbecue or something. I'm like, I can envision that. How beautiful that. Would That's be. where, I,
0: like, when you said that it comes with food and you're just ripping shots, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The magic
1: of of this stuff is like, if you have, um, if, like if you're drinking a Korea, you go to bars, you have to order food. Yeah. There's no like, I mean, like, like, otherwise you're going to like a cocktail room, right, or like some something completely different. There's not really like dive bar culture. You know, in Korea, like it's Mm. you know, soju is one of those things where it's like it's um, you know, you go to like a like a soup spot or you go to any any sort of restaurant, there will be a separate cooler where they keep their, you know, bottles of water, there'll be cold glasses, there will be bottles of soju and bottles of beer. Yeah. And they don't sell any other booze. Same way. Yeah, Yeah. They don't sell any other booze, they don't, you know, whatever. But like it could be it could be eight in the morning and you could be headed to work and you could be eating your soup cuz you drank all night yep. and there could be the table next to you who just got off work and yeah. they are now going to have their their soju yep. and you know they're yep. going to go to bed after this and so like that drinking culture is you know the, the closest thing that i can describe it to is like a bottle of wine with dinner sure. in italy where it's you know like it's not like oh look, you know those guys are drinking it's more like you know, yeah. hey, we're going to go have some dinner, yeah. you know. Cultural like, standard. I'm not going to ask you if you want soju. There's just going to be a bottle of soju. Yeah. And yeah. you better take the first shot with everybody else. Yep. Yes. You know, so. Same
2: way in Lebanon. If you're dining with <laughs> other people, especially
1: <laughs> you're having
2: El Maza lager, <laughs> you're having Ara, which is Lebanese uzo, or you're having scotch. It's like, <laughs> eh, sometimes wine. <laughs> but primarily those three beverages <laughs> If I sit down at my aunt's restaurant at 1 p.m. for lunch and the place is empty because it hasn't even opened yet, she puts a bowl of Mjadra in front of me. She says, are you drinking bira, ara, hmm majoni? Mm-hmm. That's the options. Yeah. She's not offering me water. No. She's going to bring the water anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like which, like, which of these boozes do you want? Choose your
1: adventure. Yeah, yeah that's right? awesome. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. So it's, it's pretty like a, you know, kind of binary. Like it's, it's like beer, soju. Yeah. And then there's like other like liquors, you know. Um, they call it Yangju, which is basically like anything else, um, like yeah, like Eastern, oh. you know, like East. Uh, the literal word how it like translates is like Yang, which is like Eastern, you know, like so Yangbok is like a suit, okay, or, or Western, I should say. Um, so um, mm. yeah, it's it's like liquor, but mostly soju. And soju in the states is a lot more expensive. Um, I could get this at like a Seven Eleven for two dollars. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, you know no, that makes and, sense. And like, they'll but sell. those are the
2: two options you know you will find everywhere,
0: right? Everywhere. For sure. I you drink so much soju beer. in Korea.
2: What's the uh, What's the dominant lager beer in South Korea? Because every country has
1: like one. They have their They have their brands. Um, Height is one. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, Haid, I knew that. Uh, you know, often enjoyed together with the soju. Yeah, of course. Um, yep. Called Somek. Um it's so just so funny, dude. It's like the green bottle stuff, especially, um, you know, for me, I need to, it needs to be cold, like ice cold.
2: I'm surprised it's still as cold as it's it not, is. It's not, it's not bad. This is yeah. not bad. Yeah, Because it was in my fridge all day after I went to the liquor store this morning. Yeah. And then it's been in my backpack, but I guess it's been against the concrete floor here. Oh so yeah. No, maybe no, no that no. Helps. <laughs> So
1: this usually has to be ice cold for me to drink it and, and enjoy it. But other times, you know, regardless of the temperature, uh, you have your first sip and sometimes it'll taste sweet and sometimes it'll taste bitter. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. 100% to do with just you. And if yeah. it tastes sweet, you're like, oh shit, I'm about to have a long night. <laughs> it tastes good. You The first I'm sip was a it. little
2: sharp. The second sip is a little sweet. I really like this. I really really he like might this. be in some trouble tonight, Chuck. yeah let's be in go. Trouble. i want some I want some dry squid
0: snacks, right
1: yeah, dude. we Ooh. need some shrimp chips.
0: let's go that is honestly the vibe i i completely I love ripping off up. the squid well, it I mean, wouldn't that just be the perfect audio too for all of us drinking <laughs> you know <laughs> eating, honestly, in I mean, a crinkly bag eating Yeah, man. <laughs> it's probably what
2: it sounds nice. like it's probably what it sounds like when Hogan rips his shirt, but the mic's never close enough
1: <laughs> <laughs> <A laughs> dry a little squid, bit sick. Dried squid is actually like a, it's like a movie theater snack. Yeah, for in sure. In Korea. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, I love it's, it. It's butter. I love it. And like, it just, it Oh really? Smells, yeah. Oh, it's unreal. They butter it? Yeah, it's butter. Wow. And it's like, right. and like a little like, I don't know, you know, like one of those like vinyl, like hash brown sleeves, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. it's, it's with yeah. dried squid and you're just like, you know, person next to you is eating popcorn, Was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have some squid. Dude, that's a, little, yeah. I Ever mean,
2: since me. I was a teen, I love getting it from Asian markets and just like ripping pieces off, because I love the, like, I love the, like, tactile kind of, it's like,
0: it's, it's like, jerky.
2: It's like better beef jerky. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I mean, there's some beef jerky that's great, but it's between, like, bad, soft, cheap beef jerky and way too hard beef jerky, which is usually the two beef jerkies you'll find anywhere. Yeah. It's so hard to find the one in the middle. That's what that's like to me, mm-hmm. that texture of I ripping. agree with you. Oh, I showed, so good.
1: I showed all my guys, you know, like, like, part, part of what made this trip so great was being able to show so many of these things that, like, I've, like, either talked about or got not, like, got caught eating, but, like, you know, basically just, like, you know, like, it, it was so seamless. Like, oh, like, what's this? Oh, this is great. You know, like, this is so-and-so and whatever. Yeah. And so, like, all of the the dried snack varietals that you would find in, you know, Asian bars, right? Like, dried anchovies, dried squid, you know, uh, like, even, like, uh, there's a single chipo, which is, like, um, I think it's called file fish. Mm-hmm. It's like a yep. file fish yep. skin. Mm.
0: And it's super long, little skinny guys. Yeah. And you just eat the, yeah.
1: And you, they're basically like dried and you, mm. you, uh, roast it over like an open flame. Ah, yeah. Okay. And it's, it's unreal. It tastes so good with beer. Oh, you know, they dip it in Mayo and it's, uh, it's so good. I love, I love food. <laughs> <laughs>
0: our, our cultures have such a, a, a bigger overlap. Because like basically Scandinavia with a little bit less flavor. It's all the same. Like there's yeah, the yeah, fresh yeah. seafood. There's all the d- different dried a lot seafoods. Of dried seafood. yep. There's cool. all the, like yeah. f- using flavor profiles that wouldn't we wouldn't normally yeah, find I mean. like super normal. But you go there and you're like, yeah, of course I'm going to eat these.
1: I mean, Norway's yeah. a peninsula, right? Mm-hmm. Norway's a peninsula. Korea's a peninsula. Yep. You know, it's it's a major part of farmland Brazil. and mountains, both involved. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's it's wild. I had never thought about that, but there's a huge crossover. Juan, wow, what about you, pal? Uh, for 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 boozing, boozing. Um, Mos- uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I want to give something a little bit of credit, and this might be a little bit more geared towards our local audience, mm. but there is a word in my, uh, my language that has been appropriated by a company, and I'm all for companies that want to do that. I'm not mad at them, <laughs> okay. but I, I really feel like they're not leaning into the meaning of the word. So in Norwegian, we have a word called utepils, which literally translates ah. to outside beer. Mm. And... The theory behind that word is that you should never let a beautiful day go to waste. Mm. So even if you want to go drinking with your friends, we're not mad at you for that, but you sure as shit better go do it outside. So what you have, what, what as, I you, love that. as you unpack that term, mm-hmm. what you have is people finding reasons even in the winter to go be outside and see the sun and to leave whatever bar or apartment or house they're in and go somewhere else and enjoy. And whenever you're reminding yourself to do that, because in every group, there's always at least one person that doesn't want to, that just wants to sit on the couch. And when you have a less individualistic focus on your culture, then it's like, all right, well, if they're all going, I guess I'll go. And then you go, and then you're outside, and you have the sun shining on your face. And that's a very important thing for a country that doesn't see the sun for a good portion of the winter. Right. You know, like you have to remind yourself to go outside no matter what. And so rather than having that, well, I, we could either go sit in a bar or we could be outside. It's like, well, let's grab some snacks. <laughs> let's grab some beers. And let's just go outside somewhere. We'll go on a walk and we'll just walk with a beer. Whatever it is, you need to have the ut in the ute pills. Otherwise, what do you do? You're wasting a beautiful day.
1: Honestly, I think that that takes one person. Yep. Right? Like, it just has to be one person who is brave enough to sort of, you know, have, uh, a chance of being rejected. But honestly, like <laughs> nobody wants to be the first person to like suggest an idea. Like, Oh, let's go. Like me and my group of friends. It's like, when we want to go eat somewhere, it's like, no one wants to, well, no know, one wants to want choose, to? you know, like, and it's like, I uh, like, it's, it's so funny because like, it's foreign to me.
2: Cause I just make
0: people do shit. <laughs> you and me both <laughs> something else we've bonded on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing a weird. I always say to my friends, "I'm so sorry that my life is so boring and you never get to do cool shit." Because there's always something random going on, and it's like, "Hey, I'm doing this. You should come. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll figure it out."
1: But like you know, no one wants to get it wrong. Actually, yeah. right. So yeah. uh, you know, I I am often tasked with like ordering for the table, which I love to do. Love mm. same. Love being the you know. Person. And being trusted is beautiful it, it yeah. is it is being trusted and yeah. you know it's it, like that part is beautiful because like ultimately i can't eat all of this by myself right. but i want to eat all i want to try everything you guys want to help me <laughs> the reason you you're all
2: me. here is so i can try more things okay right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so and help me help being me trusted
1: <laughs> with making the decision on what's going to be delicious is is an important job yeah i don't you know, know if
0: i've ever been at a table where there were two of us though I don't Ooh. know. How do you mean? Like, I've the times that people have just handed me the menu and been like, order for us, it's because mm-hmm. they know that I'm the one that would do that and nobody else at the, yeah, in yeah, the group yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I've ever gone out with a bigger group and had like one more or two more of the, we would 100% order what's right for the table. Oh, we should get, we should try that sometime. That's a,
2: that's usually a neutralizing factor because then you end up, you know, like they if cancel each other out. Yeah. If it's two couples. So, A couple weeks ago, we went out with our friends, Jared and Cynthia, and Jared now defers to me, which I'm flattered by because he is world traveled, lives half the year. They live half the year in San Juan. They eat at a lot of great restaurants. They travel the world. But when he eats with me, he says, you order. But if I sit across from a couple where they're like, well, I like to order, then I'm like, cool, then we'll just both order and then we'll share stuff if it looks good. We'll so you coordinate. can't do it if it's yeah, unless everybody yeah, yeah. unanimously like votes for one person. Yeah. Like that's I want her to order everything. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. Everyone just put your menus down. She's ordering everything. You have to have a consensus vote or else you split. You have to split up the order.
0: New mm-hmm. Food Network show. Yeah. Three people. One group of people that are going out. Same menu. Each of us has to pick the five things that we want to eat, they vote on who orders the best. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> hold up. Yeah, no, that is a fucking great TV show idea. I w- <laughs> right. Three different people,
2: but with like a panel of judges. Absolutely. A panel of judges. Order, they have to order two apps. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> a pasta, a main, depending on the restaurant. We're talking about Italian restaurant, a main and a dessert. Yep. And then the, the judges get to decide which meal they like more. That's a fucking great.
0: I'm telling that's you, man. That's pretty
1: funny. That's, that's actually really funny. I'd watch the fuck out of that. I
0: know. 100% would. And I would get passionate. I would hate people. I would be like, <laughs> that's my guy. I would
2: 100%. I couldn't be on that show because I'm a notorious overorderer. So I'd be like, <laughs> we're taking everything except
0: that. Today's budget. Like- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Today's budget is eighty-seven dollars, tip included. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah, yeah. fourteen seconds. <laughs> You're like, what? Four orders of the foie gras, please. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was a side digression. I just, yes. I got really excited about yeah. that idea because I could see it. Um, no, that's great. Mystery great. restaurant too. Like, you just show up. You got to like look it over really yeah. quick. They take you a blindfold off and you have the menu in <laughs> yeah. your hands. Yeah, you, can- you can't go online and look at the dishes. Thirty seconds.
1: You need to, like, add, like, a little, like, like an elimination factor, too. Yeah. yeah oh, like, absolutely. To, like, turn up the stakes a little bit. Yep. Yeah. You like know, we, need, we need
2: a trap door. How come that hasn't happened yet? <laughs> On this show, there's a trap door. Halfway through one... <laughs> halfway through... The seat
0: of your chair falls <laughs> away and you <laughs> go through the floor. It's, like, halfway through, one person who's been there the entire time goes, oh, and by the way, I'm allergic to onions. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and then as you switch it up, like, cool, and then eventually as you place your order... The, uh, her partner leans over and says, "She just doesn't like them, but she doesn't want to tell you that, so she says she's allergic."
1: How do you? Oh my gosh! How do you guys <laughs> feel? How do you guys feel about, uh, you know, like not not allergies necessarily, but just like, I, I guess, picky eaters in general. Like when, when you're when you come across, like you don't have to have an opinion necessarily on like mm. picky eaters per se, but like when you are presented with a situation where. It's like, okay, like, I have an adult in front of me who doesn't like to eat, you know, whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, Like, spinach or whatever. Um, How do you guys handle those kinds of... Like, do you...
0: I'm kind of a dick. It's it's funny. um, It's really funny. I don't... Like, I, I, I will push back hard. Okay, I... I have to make the delineation between an actual allergy and not. Yes.
1: yes. Oh, because sure.
0: my, yeah. my niece is saddled with one of the worst combos of food allergies. She's allergic to nuts, soybeans, and dairy, and Ooh, eggs. That is tough. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff. And right? no, all, that's,
2: Of course, that's totally different. You cannot begrudge someone no, for having no, no, no exactly. but, Dietary but restrictions.
0: But the two cool that, one, they're very serious. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen what happens when she accidentally has it. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, And two, she's amazing for a twelve-year-old girl. She's amazing at knowing I just have to bring my lunch to something, or I have to bring a separate meal with. Or I don't like like, she's got to do it. Yeah, right. Right. What I what I hate is like if whatever if we're having a couple over and my my friend's wife says I don't really love tomatoes. I don't mind. Like okay, I'll just switch it out. We'll figure something else out. What I don't like is when people have a preference. And then they show up at a nice restaurant where a ton of work has gone into creating this dish, and then they demand that their whims be catered to solely, and that drives me crazy, because there's no, like I'm that would be like if I if you handed me a record and you they
2: make it a fully custom dish right one of those situations like like, if you you just
0: made your own sandwich yeah like (laughs) if you if you if you buy an album right you can't email the artist and be like I don't like bass. Can you take the bass out for this and then send it back to me? (laughs) And for no, for no more price, for nothing, nothing ever. Like you can't do that. It's more like yelling at the stage. Can you turn (laughs) the bass down? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can
2: can you you turn the bass down a little bit? This is a
0: little loud Uh, for me. Like I don't care. It's shaking shaking my taint. Can you just lower it? And that like, (laughs) I mean, honestly, (laughs) I've had big fights with two different friends Uh because they were like, what the fuck, dude? I saw your pictures like that you just posted. Why didn't you invite me? And I'm like, cause you're an asshole. Because you don't eat food. How about food? Yeah, <laughs> okay. you you go in and you'll ask, you'll oh, you'll man. order with everybody, and you because you got money, but then you'll literally ask them to deconstruct it down to oh, I want shit. a piece of meat and a potato,
2: and that's it. Damn, I gotta say I'm fortunate to surround myself with good eaters. I think just kind of partly how I live my life because I love dining with people and cooking for people. I don't really have friends that are like that. So if someone has. You know, just an aversion to a specific thing. Mm. They just won't eat it because yeah, usually, yeah. if I'm cooking for people, I'm cooking a lot of shit. Yep. If they're like, I don't like mushrooms, like my wife doesn't like mushrooms. All right, don't eat it or pick it out or you know. Usually, like if it's if we're if I'm cooking for us, then I'll cook mushrooms on the side occasionally. Like sure, very sure, rarely, sure. I'll put them in. But I don't have friends that are like that, and I I gotta count my blessings for that. Yep. That would yeah, that would what, be tough.
1: So. Maybe maybe not like a toxic trait, but something that I love doing is I love <laughs> to
0: try <laughs> and prove them wrong. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You There's know? always like, a desire. Oh, you don't
1: like onions, but try them try this way. You know, or you know, like something, right? Yeah. So it's, it's like I want to be the one that. Do you hide them? N- no. Yeah, I hide I, stuff sometimes. I sometimes will bullishly like not like I'm going to be like, I know you don't like this, but fuck you. Yep. They're, they're in there. You know, and nope. if you if yeah. you need to pull them out at the, like they're they're gonna make it to the plate and they're gonna be there in front of you. If you still need to take them out, that's one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But
2: if you hit them that much, so you're gonna pull but everyone.
1: But try, it, out. but try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, my my whole thing is like try everything twice. Yep. Right. Because like, first time you try it, you might not like it. There's so many foods that I did not like. That I love now. Yeah. I didn't like it the first time. Oysters. That's why it's more than twice, though. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah exactly. Like, At least twice. Over,
2: no. t- over time, you know, like you visit it. Because I always say to Marnie, and it's fine if she never likes mushrooms, mm-hmm. but I say to her, my philosophy is if someday you find out that you like love mushrooms, it's going to stink that you spent all this time not liking mushrooms. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I'm not
2: saying like eat the mushroom, but. You know, once in a while, I'm like, man, I really beautifully prepared these mushrooms. I know you don't like them. Do you want to try a little Test piece? it, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, not just like, try t- it. I'm like, would you like to try some? You know? And once, like one out of every 500 mushrooms, she's like, wow, that was really good. Yeah. But then it, it's over just as quickly as it began. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe someday she'll be like,
1: you know what? I do like mushrooms. I mean, because for me, it was it was always like, I didn't like something. And then mm-hmm. I tried it. And I saw the light. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh. That's this is what it's supposed to taste yeah. like. And Brussels then,
0: sprouts, tacos, and then like everything
1: that. after that. Even if it's even if it's not as good as what made me like it, I still like what it's saying, mm-hmm. right? Like or it's memory like, unlocked,
2: right? It just, yeah, yeah, like you're like, oh
1: like, yeah. I was like, like duck, you know, mm-hmm. duck ah, for me. Duck sure. for me was was hard. Sure, my dad loved loved getting duck when I, when I was a kid. I never liked it. I thought it smelled. And then it took a friend who took me to. Um, this place in Chicago, actually, that does this, like, duck dinner. Mm. They, Sunwa. They, Sunwa. Yeah. Motherfucker.
0: Yeah, dude. I, also, for Senua everybody listening this fucking at home, rules, baby. That, was, that was an unplanned <laughs> clap at the at exact the same, same time, <laughs> time for <laughs> both they got, of them. That got me
1: so excited. That
0: was amazing. All right. Let's shout out Soju for that. Dude, Sunwa fucking that. rules. Yo, God, I love that
1: place. Yo. He knows. Cheers. Cheers. It blew my mind. It blew my mind. Yeah. And, and, uh, they have a James Beard heritage award. Like they're,
2: they? they're a real serious oh, duck. Like the, the whole duck, meal, you know, the roast. Yeah, duck exactly. Skin. The baking duck, they're hanging in the window. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ben, I don't know if you've, you've
0: been to some, I have not. And I'm literally putting in my notes right now. Oh my it's, God. It's, uh, you get
1: the, you get the duck dinner. It comes yeah. out. They carve it tableside, They serve it with bow. Um, you know and it's you know just that is is delicious but they take the carcass back they take off the rest of the meat they make a fried rice out of it and then they Ooh, yep. throw the bones in with some bitter melon and make a soup out of it and so you get three <laughs> courses of this duck they use the whole damn thing and oh, so and good. it's it's, it's so good it that that made me like the category duck i didn't like yeah. i didn't like duck as a category before that yeah. And then I had it and I was Everything like, oh, I "Okay, I fucking it get it. I'm late. You know, I'm sorry."
0: It's honestly though, it's straight up I I took you saying that for me to remember. I was the same way, but I got taken to um in Craft Cocktail Wave number 1 in the late uh the Noties. I got taken to uh it's either the Peking House or the Peking Duck House mm. in Chinatown, New York. Oh, sure. And that was the first time that I had seen like the stovepipe uh perfect French chef's yeah, hat. Yeah, the chef's at. And he came out and did um, table side service with uh, scallion pancakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was like that perfect lacquer on the outside of it. Oh, and I just kept smashing and I was like, I want to stop eating, but I can't stop yeah, eating. Yeah. And then it like, there was no issue with duck after that. And I honestly, I kind of forgot about that memory until you said that.
1: Oh, dude, duck, duck to me, like Beijing duck is one of those things that like it is, it is perfected. You know, like they they yeah. figured it all out. They, like down right. to like how they slice the pieces. Mm-hmm. So you get you get a piece of skin, a little bit of fat, a
2: little blowing bit of- out the skin, and like the whole preparation and all aging of it, They've and had the they, lacquering. They're
1: centuries ahead of everybody else. Yeah, don't try to catch up to them. The Chinese right. got it all figured out. Do something right. different. The <laughs> other thing is, it's
2: dude, it's like. So it's a lot like jerk chicken where people want to cut steps out, but you can't. No, no, if no, you no, want no, no, to do no. it, you have to do it exactly the same way, yeah. exactly the same way, or you're making something else. Sunwa is actually, I would say from our, the epicenter of where we are recording in Minneapolis, it's the closest, uh, legit picking duck that can be found. Oh, so and that's, good. you know, seven so hours away. Good. But maybe someone I would love for someone to prove me wrong. I don't know if it's gonna be as good as theirs, but I would love for someone to tell me that I could go somewhere in like, I don't know, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I I find it unlikely. You you kind of think like we've like we have ducks here, right? Like we've right? got yeah. hella ducks, good ducks. <laughs> all over the place. But you know, if you can marry some of that knowledge and yeah. and you know technique to, you know, what we have in abundance. You know, like like we could have the best duck in the world if we had the right people yep. For sure. making it. God damn
2: it. If someone opened a baking duck shop and was like, "We're doing this uh,
1: absolutely so to the T,"
2: right? Because we have like good like tea smoked duck and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Of course, that's still very good, but a bacon duck like the kind you would get in New York City or that you would get at San Juan—that's oh, just a, that's an experience. It's it's holistic. Up. It lifts your. Feet I tell off the I tell ground. everyone
1: when they go to Chicago, like I'm like you guys Sun
2: Last time I went there, we went with our friends who live in Chicago, and it was a holiday. I don't remember which. It might have been Lunar. It might have been Lunar New Year. But they were like, you can come because we called. They were like, you can come, but you got to come like when the doors open because we have reservations all night. Yes, yes. And I was like, I want Peking Duck. So we went in there, and we were lucky because when we walked in, there was no one there. And when we finished, we were like, people were squeezing up against us. Yeah. I was like,
1: got to go. Oh, man, that place, that place rules.
0: I love that place. Yeah, yeah it was the um, Peking Duck House. Hell yeah. Like, all white linen. Hell yeah. All old school. They do that all at the table. There's your pancakes. All good. Oh, uh, it's like, yeah. Fuck me up. Ugh. Kwama. Utapils. Utapils. Yeah, that's my that's my jam. Yeah. So I guess I got to kick it over to you, Mr. Wolf.
2: Yeah, I mean, we already kind of touched yeah. on it. In Lebanon, um, Ara is like the spirit of choice. I used to make it with my uh, late uncle, Antoine. Um, it is distilled from grapes and uh, has anise in it. It's, so it's an anisette. It can be very, very powerful when you mix it. It's like Ecto Cooler. You mix the water; they're two, you know, clear water, clear aada. When you mix them, it clouds up. Ecto Cooler. Um,
1: the what's the what's like the ABV on
2: it? Well, well that varies. So the general rule, rule is that you would measure. Two parts water to one part arat when you mix it, mm-hmm. but some is so strong that it's three parts. So okay. it depends on who's distilling it. Mm-hmm. Um, arat balde is the first pull; it's like extra virgin in effect. That's the stuff that's like the the best quality. Sure, sure. And then you get everything else that comes after that. Usually, that stuff you want to dilute just a little bit less. But like you're two parts water.
1: But like like in terms of like. Is it closer to, like, a wine, like, in, no, the, like in the teens, or is it in, like, the 20s or 30s? Uh, or?
2: You're looking at 90 proof on the low end. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then it can get up. I mean, it can get up uh, to near 200. So, like you can get pow- so powerful stuff. Yeah. 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 It can get really strong. I remember I used to bring it back, and this is not that long ago, quite frankly, in the scope of my life, but in 2009, 2011, I'd bring Audit back, and I would, like, take it to parties, because then... Or I'd have like a Lebanese party with my hookahs and stuff in my house, and I would like take shots of it like an asshole with no dilution, and my throat would be burned for like three oh, days. Oh yeah, it yeah, would literally burn your your throat. But when you mix it, you mix it in a pitcher, and you do the dilution with glasses. So you measure by glass. Okay. So you do like you know one depending on the size of the pitcher, you know like one, two out of one, two, three, four water, and then. When you're drinking together, uh, akin to bottles of soju, what you're doing is going pitchers. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. And you pour
2: them. You take a little scoop, and you put ice, two ice cubes in your, like, small glass, like mm. a little glass, and then you pour in your ara, and then you go around, and then everybody drinks theirs. Sometimes you can drink faster than other people, but typically what you're doing is you're going rounds. And then, you know, um, gas, you know, like it means – gas actually means break. So you're saying, like, break – Break a new batch, is oh, what they're sure, saying. sure, sure, sure. So, and kesik means cheers. So, you're saying, like, i uh, like, make another, make another batch. So, you go rounds of pitchers, and you just go and go and go until people just essentially, in effect, not literally, but tap on the table if they've had enough. <laughs> I remember when I went in 2009, the first time I went in 2009, I hadn't been to Lebanon since I was a teenager, and, um... One of the fascinating dynamics of interacting with my family is that all my cousins, except for two, are older than me. And many of them are men, and we're like, ha-ha, this American's going to drink with us. Oh, he yeah. can't drink like us. I drank every one of my cousins under the table, and it was fucking hilarious. Oh, damn. It was, it was really fun. And um, my uncle, Antoine, is like, I think he was like the drinker of his generation, and I think I'm the drinker of my generation and <laughs> my family. But I remember one time he and I were drinking together with some of my other cousins, and he and I were going shot for shot. And at the time, he was already pretty old, and they only let him drink if I was around. My cousin we Sam was trying to like keep up with me, and we were at his house, and um, we were on a pitcher, and there was like a quarter of it left, and we poured the rest out, and like we had a little a little like. Like, we were looking at each other's eyes, and, like... Go ahead, his, punk. He was drinking it, and his, like, hand was shaking a little bit, and, like, he did, like, the real firm swallow, like, like, what? <laughs> and, like, looked at me, and I was looking in his eyes, and I drank my whole glass, and I set it down on the table, and I looked at him, and, like, he, fin- he finished his, but you could tell he was struggling. And I went, yeah, look, yes. And he went, oh! And he slid under the table. <laughs> all the side. way down he
3: slid all the way under the table.
2: And I like didn't break. Like Never I saw just, him again. My uncle <laughs> he never came from. It. My uncle looked at me kinda nodded like, yeah. But there's there's and again to refer back to uh, what you had said, Roy, regarding like drinking culture and normality of drinking and you know, Kwam, you know about this as well. In a lot of foreign cultures, including in Lebanon, it's very normal to Drink with lunch, or Mm -hmm. to you know have as much aha as you can drink, and then you know laugh and hug and kiss on the cheek, and then go home and go to bed. Super normal. No one's like. At least it's rare to be like, "Wow, that guy had too much to drink tonight." It's so um, uh, ironed into or branded into the culture that it's just doesn't have to be
1: explained. Yeah,
2: people self regulate. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know what it is. It's like culturally healthier the way that people, people's relationships with alcohol can be in some foreign countries. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're prone to alcoholism or anything but people I think are, are raised to um, associate the joy of consuming alcohol with good times and consuming food. You know, So you have food We're and you have... Bringing you know, people together and
0: Because a lot of times it's
2: you're having an almaza or you're having a glass of Johnny Walker on the rocks with your dinner and that's it. Sometimes your cousin you haven't seen in years flew in from the United States and you're fucking
0: partying until fuck 3 a.m. even though you gotta work at 7. So, can I ask you a question? Right, you, is there a, a Korean version of like that, that like hot moonshine? Is that just so true? Because when Charles was talking, I was thinking about uh, in Scandinavia, we have uh, karsk, which is a mm. uh, potato derived. Spirit, very similar to, to soju, actually. Yeah, they're like stronger soju? Um, like kind of just
1: like homebrew type stuff? Right, and so what I they do, like instead check. of cutting it with
0: water, what, uh-huh. what they do, again, going back to the utapils thing, is when it's really cold out, you just drink hot liquids a lot. So to cut the, or to make you not feel the burn, uh-huh. you pour it into coffee.
3: Oh, and then you yeah. can just
0: uh-huh. sip hot coffee the whole time, and then you, it never feels like the, the alcohol is, is warm or burning hmm. because it's already a hot liquid that you're consuming. Okay. And so then it it doesn't matter the quality because you're not going to taste it over a really strong cup of coffee. And that's what people drink and then they go out. You, so you you'll have a couple of those. Yeah. So you it's, you know, a Red Bull vodka in all essence. But sure. it's you get something hot that has caffeine in it and then you're also getting some, some pretty straight some booze. Sure, so sure, you go sure. in with a, like a little bit of energy and a little bit of a buzz when you go out. So I was wondering like if 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 that's Arat and that's Karshik, is there Is there an equivalent?
1: Um, Not, not that I'm aware. I mean, like, there's definitely like you know, like the equivalent of like homebrew, where like people are, you know, infusing, you know, certain things. Like it could be like ginseng or like you know other things. Sure, 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 sure. They're doing with soju, but soju has a pretty good grip on drinking culture in Korea, at least. Um, you know, like like Does culture. the strength
2: vary a lot though, like for some um, Or is there like a the, range that is pretty the, standard? The craft
1: stuff is probably is the craft stuff that's coming out these days is a lot higher.
2: Yeah, that seemed considerably stronger this than the This is we were yeah,
1: this is like 80 proof-ish. It's 64. 64, okay. Yeah. And this is twenty. Yeah. This is twenty. Twenty
2: percent? Yeah.
1: Okay. This is twenty yeah. yeah. percent. Um the stuff that is coming out lately is a little lower. Okay. Um, you know, basically what's happening is like the price the price of soju is more or less locked in. Mm. So maximizing, you know, profits, the the alcohol content is going to get lower. You're going to fill it with more shit and, you know, it's going to be weaker essentially, but um yeah, I mean, I mean for the most part like people are drinking drinking soju unless, you know, like there's sort of an occasion, mm. or, you know, whatever, like, you know, it's not it's not the only drink in Korea, like, you know, there's other drinks, obviously, of course. but, um, you know, as far as, like, the standard of, like, you know, what we're gonna do, it's, it's, like... I drink I drink soju every day. Well, and that
0: honestly, that makes more sense. That's very similar to like the uh, we've talked about it on the show before, the aguardiente uh, in like Central and South America, mm-hmm. where it's it's a lower proof because it's just something that then you can drink the entire night, mm-hmm. and that's just built in. That's just what you're doing. It's just or like, children's yeah. beer in the Eastern Bloc? Yes, there
2: you go. <laughs> <laughs> which is what they call
0: it. Who does not love children's beer? Yeah. Um, but it's I mean, under four percent. It's for children. But I mean,
1: you're eating. You're eating as you continue to drink, or like every every place you go to, you're, yeah, you're yeah. just ordering food. And so, like, you know, on a normal night, you're going to at least two to three different spots. Um, You know, I've heard from somewhere like if you only go to one spot and like the people that you're with want to go home, that just means that they didn't have fun. Just, <laughs> yeah, right yeah I love that. I 100% know, agree with that. Like, But let's it's go. like you know, like we're gonna go to at least two to two to three different spots. We're going to order more or less the same thing. You know, we're going to keep getting soju, but we're going to eat something different yeah. with our soju. Yeah. And, and that's like how you drink all night. That's, I that's, love
0: it. Let's that's go. Just one of the steps.
2: I think it's a perfect transition to topic number. Correct. Three-point.
0: So uh, I'll, I'll cheers you guys. Cheers. I poured a little bit more of this uh, West 32 and I I'll also really quickly state, uh, we're drinking, I'm drinking some cardamaro now, oh, yeah.
2: um, I'm just really quickly going to say that everyone thinks cardamom is made with cardamom. That's a misnomer. It's funny that bartenders and servers everywhere will tell you that because there's no cardamom in it. Correct. Same with cardoons. Oh. Cardoons are like a flower, uh, much like a artichoke, uh, more bitter, and you actually eat the stem. You can eat the stem of an artichoke as well, but you eat the stem portion of a cardoon. Also, uh, why both
0: are used in amaro? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and I love
2: both. Like, yep. the Cardoons are great. You can't find them <laughs> everywhere, obviously, but... Um yeah it's a great tomorrow
0: made with her so my question cheers. is cheers cheers. my question is you could choose one or the other however you want to answer this is there a street food that you would love to see chefed up on like a nice plate at a nice restaurant or? Is there a beautiful dish that you've had somewhere that you would love to see deconstructed into a street food Ooh. that you could have? <laughs> and, like, even writing this question, I had, like, 19 answers. <laughs> this is, yeah, this so, is open-ended. Um,
1: Maybe both. Okay. Maybe hey. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I
0: think this is one of those
1: situations where I can't choose, so I'm not going to choose. So go. I'm going yeah. to just answer both. Um, A street food that is chefed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, i've I've seen a couple and have have tried a couple where like you know it it was it was kind of cool to to sort of experience um one that I'm sort of seeing a little bit more is uh like chefed up like blood sausage yeah so
0: yes. uh I just got sniped
1: yeah <laughs> 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 um blood yeah. sausage and just like you know, and you know like, yeah. um in korean it's it's Sunde. Yep. um and the idea of it is is obviously like pretty similar across different cultures right um but the Korean version has like glass noodles in it, mm. um, a lot of filler um and it's uh it, it's hard to kind of get right because if you if you don't prepare it correctly, then it kind of has like some gaminess or you know whatever. And so, um, I've had some chef-inspired blood sausage that um, was really fucking good, and yeah. I really enjoyed that. And um, you know, I, I think that like humble humble food like that um, is is really cool when when someone takes a like a very like technical approach to it, and they're like,' okay, like you know obviously like this thing was born out of necessity, it was born because there was literally nothing else that we could you know do or this was a great way to use or considered ways this right? Stuff. exactly right oh. and so um you know i think I think taking some of that and uh putting it under the microscope and applying you know different techniques um to it like yeah. like a blood sausage would be awesome and it is great um so I've enjoyed that interpretation of it um if I am going to go the other way it's it's for me more it's 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 stuff that I cook and eat regularly that I want a chef I want to see how a chef like fries an egg or you know like yeah. I was I was fortunate um Last summer, uh, we went to an event that, um, it was it was some, some friends they had formed like a like a tennis club, sure, um, like Alex yep. Roberts and Easy Easy and all those guys. They have this little tennis club, yeah. And I um, went to a little thing that they did, uh, and Alex Roberts was grilling chicken.
0: <laughs> on, I love that. That's really on,
1: on like a propane grill. Yes. Oh shit. Okay. And I was like, I was like, okay, let's yeah. see. You know, like, and and he had like a he had like a thermometer and everything. He brought some like sauce from Brasa, like, of course. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, the oh, green sauce. Fuck I hope. yeah. He brought the green sauce over. Maybe. But I was like, I was like, oh, Alex Roberts is grilling chicken at this party. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was so excited, and it's 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 stuff like that that like. You know, like, a lot of, like, people and, like, friends that, like, work in industry jobs, like, you know, I'm like, what do you guys want to eat? And they sometimes just, like, want to eat, like, shitty, just, you know, like, let's go get a Juicy Lucy or, like, you know, just whatever. And so I really love when, you know, these guys who are surrounded by amazing ingredients, amazing food and whatever. Yeah. But it's like, no, like, show me how you eat a, you know... Like something super normal, like right, like yeah. you know, like what's the shitty thing that you eat? Yes. Um. So, We're just like kind throwing of,
2: together a pasta, yeah, that says a lot about someone, chef or otherwise. Yeah. If it's just like here, I have a a bag of you know I don't know a rigatoni, and a mm-hmm. fridge, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fucking make something happen. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I, that's I've had a lot of fun. You said friends. How we visited mm-hmm. some friends and met their nine month old. Like. Three months ago, and she just busted out some pasta and some scallops, and she's like slid the scallops across the counter and said, "You're cooking these, and I'm cooking this." All right, she got some white beans and some stock and some I don't know rapini or something, and like mm-hmm. boom. Next thing you know, some red pepper flake. Fucking a.
1: I I will eat anything. I I, I love no, to eat. Yeah. I I'll eat anything. Yeah. And so, um, you know, for me, it's it's more like, you know what do you do when you're sort of like on autopilot, yeah. right? Like, it, mm-hmm. like I have a couple dishes that like I can make without really thinking about it. And I know it's good, but like I grew up eating it. So it doesn't really, uh, you know, it's, it's not that special to me. It's just familiar and it's, sure. it's comforting. And you know, I want to know what some of those dishes are for people, you know, like any, like, and you don't have to be a yeah. chef, you know, like, like, what do you, what did you make after school when yep. you came home? You yep. know, like, it's, yep. it's stuff like that, that right. like, it, it tells me a lot more, like you were saying about like, you know, it, it says, it says a lot about like your sort of taste and your, you know, like what you kind of consider when you're going to make like a, a little snack or whatever, you know, so, um, I don't know if I really answered the question. No, I think you, no, did. I think no, you, did. No, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: it's, it's Hey, you can answer these questions uh, any given way on any given day. Yeah, at the and end of this episode, it's you can very, have a completely different It's very answer. choose your own adventure too. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get weird about this shit too. I'm gonna say same food, one food for both answers. Okay. That food is cause like, bro, I was thinking like Chen Kenichi. So Chinese food, I'm waiting for us to get like some really high level Chinese like food, actual Chinese food, not Americanized in, in Chinese the Twin food. Cities. And yeah. you know, we we did touch upon like Peking duck. I would love to get some Peking duck here. The highest level Chinese food we have in this town. We had a restaurant that was doing a pretty good job. I'm not going to name them because they're not doing a very good job now. They was doing some higher level stuff, but the best Chinese food we get in this city now is uh, Saturday Dumpling Company because they're doing some really incredible, exceptional, traditional foods, um, not always served hot, like, you know, like this weekend they're serving some hot food, and I think as they go into the spring, they're going to serve more hot food, but I'm saying, like, can I get a restaurant where I sit down and serve traditional Chinese food um, at a higher level with a higher price point that I'm happy mm-hmm. to pay, meaning, like, give me the picking duck, give me the dim sum, so the one food, if I have to dilute it to that, instead of, like, the royal Chinese emperor feasts that <coughs> Chen Kenichi was making on Iron Chef yep. in in the 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 old days would be uh, soup dumplings. Yeah. So, I want soup dumplings that are high level. Have like weird mushrooms in them. Have weird ingredients. Uh, there's a place in Denver called Cholan Bistro that makes French soup, uh, French onion soup dumplings. Let's go! And they're fucking fantastic. I want it now. I dream about that those dumplings all the time. I want it it's now. Like, one of my favorite food things in the that country. Sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. That's unbelievable. Right? And it's like a Chinese oh restaurant, God. but like awesome. a little new age, yeah. and they do some fun stuff. I also want to dumb down the soup dumpling because I want to have them. Can I have some all the time? They're hard to get. Yep. Yeah, it's hard to get, and it's hard to get any that are good because it's just very difficult to do. Uh, I with would the gelatin and the freezing. And the, you know, I would love, love if we
1: had choices. a TCF here. Right, What's that? A, a DTF? A Dintai yeah. Fung. Din tai Fung, baby. Yeah. Dude, oh, my God. we've talked uh, about this before. Yeah, when I was in San Diego, yeah. I
2: made myself a solo reservation, even though I was there with friends, to go to Dintai Fung because I don't give a fuck. I want to go. Ooh. I like when there's more people, again, because then... There's more to order. Well, you know what I'm talking about. I ordered oh, for, yeah. like, yeah. five yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yo, I'll sit there by myself and eat five trays of, of different dumplings, mm-hmm. but you know I'm there for the, the soup dumplings because we can't get them. Yeah. And I would love for us to get...
1: I fun here maybe someday i think it'll happen someday you would you kind of hope i mean minneapolis is just one of those places where like like there's some of us and we really want some of those things but there's not enough people who want some of those same things to make it viable or you know whatever um you know and i think like in in some ways like we have awesome representation you know like like we have an awesome fussing we have an awesome chinese food we have like a lot of a lot of really good um cuisines but um you know for some of like the major like like the bigger asian like chains yeah you know like 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 korean fried chicken you know like like I didn't come on here to like bash any places, but you know, like there's yeah. like some that are better than others. Correct, <laughs> right. Right. And I wish we had really good Korean fried chicken. I don't care if it's a chain, you know, but like I, I want that. Agreed. I want a DTF. I want like that's the funny
2: thing about Dintai Fung is I think some people who never had it are like, How can it be any good? And I'm like, bro, they got a Michelin star in China. Like it's just, that's yeah, a, it's... that's a real and it's it's a like, real operation. It's
1: like, you know, like I'm not gonna fight you that like the Minneapolis DTF is gonna be as good as right the one in LA or you know, whatever, but sure. like but I just want to be seen. I want to be, you know, like, it's like, yes, you guys deserve soup, soup dumplings in Minneapolis, too. And that's that's all I really want. Right, yes. so. We have enough yes, people. Please. Like,
0: let's, let's get together and make this you happen. Know, you know how so.
2: many goddamn soup dumplings I would eat if I could all just go down the street and get soup dumplings? God,
1: dude, it, it just, you know, so. <laughs> so.
2: It's soup. one of the most joyous foods. Just everything about it, the tactile experience, the the texture differential the flavor the squishy outside the hot soup inside spilling into your cheeks mm-hmm. it's just there's there's nothing like that food it's magic i 100 agree with you yeah Kwan, what you got
0: well i got i got sniped so i've been trying to figure oh, out shit. like what no no no, i love it i love it because really i'm that, sniping yeah it, and again it just means that we're on the same wavelength you know yes. yep. um i have long dreamed and this is completely it would create so much waste that I don't actually want this, but <laughs> I like, I wanna have it happen in one moment so that I can have it. But I have long, well, all right, so when I was like, younger and I found out about like Marochen instant ramen, you know, mm-hmm. you little packet on packet, I loved making the noodles almost dry. Like yep, I would, yep, you yep, know, yep. dump yep. out most of the water. And Beyond then, al dente. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And then I would make, I would, I would siphon off some of the liquid and then I would make a really strong like consomme. And I would eat the noodles and then have a sip of the oh, broth shit. and I'd go okay. back and forth. Okay, So many ways to ramen. And I, f- <laughs> I feel like that's a way that would make it easy to walk. Like if you could have, basically it would be walking like... Walking ramen. It, would be, it yeah. would be walking ramen as like yeah. a cup of noodles and, and vegetables and maybe protein or mushrooms. Um, and then like literally just like a juice box attached with, with hot broth.
3: Ooh, and you can just up.
0: crush, and then you could broth yourself as much as you want. What if you have? A
2: coffee cup of broth, and then the other one is like a, uh, a cleaning wipes dispenser. There one you go. Long noodle. Yep, and you can just suck as much noodle
0: as do, you do want. Like more of like a more like a more like a, <laughs> <laughs> like a biang biang noodle, like one long thick yeah. noodle. You just like, <laughs> and then you and can then cut just, it. Then you clip it off. Your teeth are the clipper. You clip it off. You I'm so in funny. for this. Also, now That's I want so now I want that just to watch people walking down the street. So funny. I want that so bad. You know, um,
1: Alma Alma does, or at least they used to. Uh, their bone broth, um, and you could get it to go, and you get it in like a little like eight ounce like coffee cup. Oh yep. shit! Yeah, and broth in a cup is so underrated. Dude, and I, I wish, yeah. especially with like us having our winters, if there were places like delis or, you know, like if it was like a, I don't know, like a, like a Lowry Hill Meats or even a cub or whatever. Right. Where it's like, you know, in like the church, like air, like, a uh, like the, the percolator, it, the coffee, like the air well, like yeah. pots. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. If you just have like broths, like mm-hmm. pho broths, yeah. You I know. mean,
0: real, real, Oh my God. Yes. Real like time. Cops and stuff. You guys, sure. I, I do this, I do this all winter. I literally like every time we do any sort of a roasted chicken or even if we buy the rotisserie chicken and then we like pull all the stuff off, yep. I make, I, whenever I buy one of those, I, I force myself to also buy the veggies yep. to make stock. And when yep. we're done before we're done yeah, cleaning well, up, I make yes. stock, right? That is one of my tricks that's to the winter deal. is that's what I will fill my Yeti with.
1: Yeah. I have
0: one with yeah, like yeah. A, an actual screw top clothes and I will just have oh, hot man. broth with all day. And that's just what I said. You sit. know what this is? It's a it's a branding issue because the phrase bone
2: broth has been uh, co-opted as like a holistic thing. Yeah. Like, it'll make you healthy. No, fuck that. Just call it sipping stock. I yep. just want to drink. I just want to drink some good stock. Yep. Yeah. Can I just drink it like coffee? Yep. I just
0: want to drink that. And I'm here to tell you that yes, you can. And <laughs> it's wonderful.
2: <laughs> For sure. When I, I mean, when I was a kid and we didn't feel good, you know, we had... Limited options. would be like, take some Robitussin and go Robo trip upstairs, or drop a bouillon cube and a cup of hot water mm-hmm. and then drink that because it'll make you feel better. So I actually have uh, good memories of one of those things, and it's
0: the the bouillon cube. But just like a mug, like yeah. a tea mug. I've never of done that. That pot. sounds awesome. Oh, it's it's incredible. It that really is. Awesome. Like for for me in a sales role, who I, I have to drive around a lot, so you're getting in and out of a car. So your car is warm, and then you get out, and it's like negative ten, and the wind's a. a billion miles an hour or whatever and then you get to your thing you're in there for long enough just to kind of warm up and then you go back out and you walk back out you get in your car now your car's cold yeah there is nothing it is a hug from the inside out to know that i'm sipping on some shit that i made at home Mm -hmm. like trying to use every single element of a carcass and that now that is what's keeping me warm it is the best
2: feeling Okay, check this out. If I take my ember mug, my self-eating mug, and I pour in my smoked turkey stock that I make, and I just walk around the house with it, do you think, if Marnie doesn't hear this episode, do you think she'll be like, what are you fucking doing?
0: <laughs> I don't do you anything, she'll be like,
2: what is in there? I hope so. I want her to be like,
0: Charles, that smells like soup. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Want. Yeah. But nobody's going to think like, oh, yeah, it actually is soup. Are like, they're gonna think drinking soup it's out like... of your Robomug? Yeah. We
1: need to normalize that behavior. Normalize yeah. drinking broth Let's casually. Yeah. let I'm here happen. for casual
0: broth. <laughs> casual. <laughs> broth. <laughs> that's what I want to call it. I'm going to call it casual broth. <laughs> yeah, baby. You ain't going to do nothing fancy. <laughs> well, Come over here for some of this broth. casual broth. Let I let wish me... I had some right now.
2: <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of cocktails that are using broth, and that's actually kind of cool. All right. Legitimately, the next
0: time that you're on the show,
2: we're going to have a Broth course,
0: <laughs> please do. And we're
2: gonna need some food so that we can have more soju Facts. with some Korean food.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Charles, yeah. I believe it's you. Let's go. All right. it's, Hope, it's you, Quan. Oh, it is me. All right, sorry. Oh shit. I was just reaching for the cardamom, the the non cardamom cardamaro, 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 cardamarny. She's sweet. I know. Oh, it is okay. So this. Again, we overlap on a lot of uh, food things, a lot of humans. Yes. But not knowing you before you came on, but also knowing that you're an artist. I felt like this was a solid toss-up. What's the silliest hobby or activity that you kind of get passionate about? Oh, shit. You know, like something where it means a lot to me, but at the same time it's kind of funny when you look at it from like a 30,000-foot view. Of, like, that's that's hilarious that I, I'm i very passionate about
1: that. That I'm personally passionate
0: about? Right, like, just something that you get into and that you're, like, I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, whatever. But also, this is kind of awesome.
1: Oh, man, I might need a
0: second for that's this right. one. Uh, Mr. Charles?
2: <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, everything I do, that's just kind of the way that I approach it. Everything I love, I, I have that sort of, like, uh finicky, perfectionist mentality toward, which... Would you say persnickety? No, I said finicky. So on this episode, you're the only one who said the P word. I asked,
0: would you say persnickety?
2: Now, you've said it twice, and I've said it zero times. So take that. Well, I'll just give myself teeny Um, sprinkles again. (laughs) I think that I'd be copping out if I didn't just say food and beverage, because... I know we talk about it a lot on this program, but it would be, I could say it about anything else that I do, but I think it would be very faithful to the spirit that the question was asked to um, just cop to the fact that everything I do with food and beverage, I'm like so deeply focused on doing it the exact right way. Um, The aforementioned jerk chicken, even before we got on the air we were talking about, when I was sourcing Jamaican pimento wood and I found out it was actually available, the place I was going to have it shipped from was in Minnesota and I drove to pick it up from them and had to like enter the back door of their warehouse on a holiday weekend, which was really sketchy. But when I made the jerk chicken that weekend, I used every exact element that you have to use, including the pimento leaves and the pimento wood and like every, every, every element down to the T to make it as precise as I could to the genuine article. Uh, and I'd love to do that with everything with food and beverage. Um, we just talked on a recent episode about my new espresso journey. So earlier uh, today I was speaking to one of the other members here about how um, discerning and careful and calculating I'm being about entering into this journey. Like, I didn't just jump in. I got, like, all the tools, and we talked about it in the other episode, but I want to do it right, and I want to, I want to be so well studied that I can get to the proper, ninety-nine out of a hundred product as soon as possible.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't, you know, trial and error is one thing, but I like to enter into those experiments knowing that I'm giving it the best first effort as well. Sure, it doesn't mean I'm afraid to fail because you have to be anything in life. We talked about that as well. Like if you're you trying to, something new, no matter how much you've you got to be right, you have to be yep. prepared to fail. Yeah. Uh, But also prepared to be pleasantly surprised at the things that do go right. And if everything goes right, then wow, holy shit, I can't believe it. But you got to be prepared to fail. I just like to mitigate not having everything go wrong. Because nothing's more discouraging than trying something and literally everything failed. Like everything you're breaking stuff, spraying, boiling water everywhere. Mm -hmm. Coffee's not coming out, you're covered in boiling water. I wanna I wanna Your job's a joke, you're broke, you love life's DOA. That's what's up. So yeah, it's gotta be food, food, and beverage stuff. I'm sorry oh. to our listeners, that was such a bad reference. Oh come on, everyone got it. Like <laughs> I think I think 40% of the listeners got that one. Um, so that's the easy that's an easy answer for yeah. me. And you know, I always have dumb fuck crazy food projects lined up, including stuff that I probably shouldn't just do myself. I should let someone else do it. But it's also Recreational, it's it's fun for me to do. It's I also just want to remark, qualm real quick. The fire that's on behind you on the TV because we got a bonfire back here. It looks like the Undertaker's cross on fire. <laughs> if you could spin your head around there, holy shit, it's been on the whole time. <laughs> so Undertaker, the Undertaker's theme song is stuck in my head because of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a digression. It's kind of a message, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Oh, Charles, the Undertaker is coming. (laughs) Good God, that's that's awesome. Also, Charles, I will just say, as over the top as you go, it is always as a friend of yours, inspiring as a reminder that even when I think that I'm like close to tapping the ceiling. You've gone too far. (laughs) On going too far or (laughs) thinking that maybe this is the farthest I can stretch my own abilities. You've been a great reminder in my life for I'll just find something else and try for that. So I do need to say it it's awesome and inspiring to watch your desire for that, but I could also see how looking at it from the inside out it's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh did that Yes. it helped. It helped.
1: Um So the original question
0: was basically, what's the silliest hobby or activity that you get yourself like passionate about?
1: Oh, man. So, okay.
0: I feel like basically the point of this question is I feel like one of the things that I've really learned to help me be a better human going forward is to take yourself out of yourself. And anything that can change how your day is, good or bad, Mm -hmm. just take a look at what that is. It's, and sometimes some of the things that have ruled me with my passions have been hilariously silly.
1: It's it's funny because it's not it's not like a passion for me, but uh, my dog. Oh, this is perfect. literally yeah. like when I heard the question, I was like, "Oh, I was like, I was like, my dog, yeah, like how much." Care and attention, and <laughs> but that's love. but you're framing it, it perfectly. Oh, it's great.
0: it's what activity or hobby do you have? Hanging out with your dog oh, that you find it's silly. How passionate you get? It's ridiculous. That's it. Pet ownership
2: is a hobby. Let's call a spade a spade. It's a full-on it activity. I will sure. say, yeah. Like there's a lot. Yep. There's a lot of. Activity in engaging with this living being. S-
1: right? Some people call it fatherhood, you know. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dog
2: dad. I, I think you I'm would. A you shoot. had a, your photo shoot, your father son photo shoot on Instagram.
1: I like one of my favorite things to do is <laughs> is comparing doghood, dad or dog dadhood, yeah. fatherhood yeah. with actual parenthood. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, like my dog does that, and just and people yeah. just like look at me. Person is glass. I'm I'm dead serious, you know. Like yes. I'm just like no, like my dog. Does that like I, I totally understand what you're going through, you not sleeping for hours like it's, yeah, dude I I did all that with my dog. Yeah. It pisses them off, yeah, and I I get so much joy from it, but it's <laughs> it's uh it's actually great, and and
0: yeah, and that's, it's it's that's only good.
1: like twenty percent joking. I'm mostly serious. I'm with you. I am with you. (laughs) I am mostly serious. So,
0: I actually, my favorite is when. Life is particularly your experience. When when (laughs) friends of mine on social media will put the unprompted, like, how dare these people who own dogs act like they know what it's like to be a parent. And I'm like, bro, like you've been divorced for seven years and you see your kid on the weekends. Don't fucking tell me that somehow your fucking life is. Oh, so tough. Like, let's, let's be real about this. Don't, don't go at other people because they're trying to say that they understand what it's like to care. Like literally every day, my dog is trying to kill herself. Like there is something that she will eat that will attempt to murder her, and I have to do, I have to think about that every day. Everyone else, your, your human child grows out of that stage, and then maybe gets it back when they're older and they want to drink or do <laughs> drive yeah. fast, whatever. I'm just saying that literally, any day, every day, my dog might try and eat something. That Can we'll you tell me. none of us are parents on Correct. the podcast?
2: <laughs> human parents, fuck your kid. I'm just kidding.
1: I'm just kidding. Yeah. So anything, anything, and everything Fucking to do with kids. my my dog. That's awesome. And That is is probably the the most serious and the least serious thing in my life. Yeah.
0: Can you uh, dog's name? Fuji. Fuji. Like the camera. Okay. And is there a breed or a mutt or? He is a
1: he's a Shih Tzu. Oh uh, yes. Little, you know, twelve pounds, soaking wet. Cuddle monster. Just <laughs> tiny, tiny little guy. The Size it, of my cat. He's a killer on the inside. We'll sure. Trying to oh, fight for sure. every dog he meets, which is. Shitty, but <laughs> loves, loves people, loves me. Um, so yeah.
0: I did not understand uh, shih tzus until oh. I went to spend Thanksgiving with my Aunt Kay in North Carolina. And she had a shih tzu named Sugar. sugar? And it was not Sugar. Sugar. It sugar. was Sugar. Uh-huh. And Sugar was the sweetest goddamn dog oh, I'd ever met. It was literally like the nicest cheerleader's pom pom on earth came to life whose only mode of communication was cuddling like that was it
1: the the fun thing about dogs and dog breeds and stuff is like i can meet a person like you you know oh you're a nice person but like you know you get you get kind of like deeper and you're like oh like you, you have a dog show me your dog right and a lot of times, like it's uh, not right now, but like my phone background will be like my a picture of my dog. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> we're the same uh, kind. Of, I one hundred percent agree. We're the same that. kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? exactly. <laughs> but but you you sort of like you know you meet this person like oh yeah I have a Shih Tzu and they go I have a Shih Tzu or or I grew up with a Shih Tzu and it's like yeah. all of a sudden all of a sudden like you know whatever relationship that we have is now three layers deeper. Now right. it's like, oh, I was like, oh, I can tell you some secrets, uh-huh. you know, like now it's, <laughs> and, and like the people in my life who I found out that are like Shih Tzu people, Del and Ave, Del, yep. Del has a Shih Tzu, you know? Oh, absolutely. They, where it's like, it's like, oh, cool, man. Like this is, this is like, oh, like this is sweet, you know? So, I, the shih tzu and like, and usually, usually with Shih Tzus, it's like old ladies, Oh, for sure. Most of the time, ninety-nine yeah. percent of the time, it's like <laughs> old ladies who have Shih Tzus, and like you know, if I see a Shih Tzu around the lake, it's almost always with just you know, they're a nice old lady, and it's.
0: <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. He's gonna kill me for this, but one of like if I close my eyes, my favorite image of of David was uh, he got a plumbed-in espresso machine at his house, and it was like huge, because now we're officially at like barista levels of technology. Mm-hmm. And I went over there, and I just remember him pouring an espresso, while in a a skin tight black turtleneck, while holding the dog. And I have never seen somebody who oh needed to man. be a Bond villain that more is. than that dude on that. Or day. in a, the new Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid. Or, so or yes, or could be an asteroid. But that's <laughs> like if just saying his name. If I close my eyes, that's the that's the first picture that pops into my head. Doesn't even need to be. be on your phone, I guess. Right? It should be. Like, As it should be. As
1: it should be. Um. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's my That's wonderful. Little, I love yeah, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so, what you got? So it, it was sports ball for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I I took myself too far with our hometown Minnesota Vikings, and I promised myself that I'd take a step back from the ledge. And uh, it's been very nice to interact with a team that will forever let me down, but is very fun to cheer for. But what what I realized was, What it shifted to was was video games for me. Okay. Because I don't give a fuck about playing online. Like, I enjoy it. My brother plays online a lot, and so I'll jump in with him. I'm pretty terrible, but every now and then I can be a pretty good roommate or uh, teammate. So uh, whether it's Halo or Call of Duty or any of the, the shooters. But big, long story games have turned into something for me that, because my wife and I now have a wildly different bedtime, like that two or three hours... Is pretty quiet in the house. And so it's time for me, to, like, where I can focus on yeah. the longer story. And I, I have now done this, I think, four times in the last, like, five years where I have gotten so hilariously emotionally attached to a character in the video game <laughs> knowing that this isn't going to work out well. And, like, Jenny can see, my, my, my wife can see when I'm coming up from the down, – downstairs is where, like, our big TV and our video game shit is – I'll come up, and she's like, oh, are you getting near the end of the game? And I was like, what? How, how did you know that? And she's like, because you're coming up the stairs slower. Like, you That's know so it's funny. coming. <laughs> and, and even when it's a story that that gets a little telegraphy, uh, Charles, you and I talked a lot offline about uh, God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. Even knowing that they were ruining a storyline that was written a 1,000 years ago and was already really good, even knowing that they were going to hollywood it it still like was tugging at my heartstrings you're attached you know I, absolutely and it's to me it's the same as people that like really really get into like a tv show and outside of a couple i don't know that i could say that i've ever really done that with a tv show but i 100% have done that with a video game
1: were you guys were you guys into last of us oh of course yeah, yeah.
0: both the game and the show yeah and honestly like wait did you play both Yeah. Last of Us? Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, So you and I had talked about it at one point. I hadn't played either. And then uh, I was fortunate enough to, between my brother and a friend of the podcast, Abe Popowitz, uh, I got part one and two. And then my brother loaned me uh, his PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't remember that you were that you got through I did a back to back too, which really drug out that's exactly how horrifyingly sad. That's also wildly intense because the second one is so
2: much longer. It's so much longer. First
0: one. And, and if you're like what am I
2: playing part three now? It, I, and it's what? and
0: it's just dragging you down. Like no matter what you do. And part of the reason I'm in it is because it's a very emotionally moving story. Yeah. All of the games that I've really gotten yeah. into have that element to it. But like I remember, spoiler alert from like seven years ago, but in, uh, in the, the, the prequel to Red Dead, the newest one that came out, like all of a sudden it occurred, like I stay away from all the reviews, I don't wanna read anything, I don't wanna know anything, I wanna try and experience everything yeah. you know for the first time. And when you know that, that this character can't survive into the next game, you're trying to figure out how is he going to die? And you got all these different theories. And all of a sudden, it was just one of those stupid ass between two stories where you just have to ride a horse for an absurdly long amount of time. And all of a sudden, your character's coughing a little bit more. They do that a lot. A and then you realize...
2: Riding for way too long. Right.
0: <laughs> and then you realize all of a sudden, like, he, he's looking a little skinnier. And then as you go back to towns that you've been in a lot, the background dialogue, they started being like, boy, he looks terrible like they're like giving you hints and then all of a sudden it hits you like what the fuck is going on mm. and then you you can't stop the game right there you just you don't even know when it's going to happen or how it's going to play out but you're stuck with it and that's that is like for anybody who loves movies out there imagine if your favorite movie was 38 minutes or 38 hours long and you could help decide how it goes down yeah, yeah. like that it's like every time I'm walking up the stairs, go back upstairs, it's hilarious to me how emotionally moved I am that I have to be like, <laughs> all right, get it back together. you got to cook your wife dinner. What do you said? <laughs> the 43-year-old to himself on the stairs. Is there anything you're playing right now? I'm not. I'm, I'm in between games right now, and it's... Uh, There's about it, to be a lot of games coming correct. out. Correct. RE4 Remake just came out, and I'm,
2: I'm weirdly on the fence about whether I want to play it, which is weird because it's my second favorite game of all time. Which game? Resident Evil 4 Remake. Um, Mm -hmm. So the remake of it just came out on um, new gen consoles. And I didn't think it would be a question whether I wanted to play it, but I feel like there's a part of me that doesn't want to blur the original experience that I had that made me love the game, even though the new one looks... You can't chase. The new one looks great, but it won't be. It won't move me in the same way because yeah. I already know everything that happens. Yeah. You know, they added a couple weapons and stuff like that. I'll probably play it at some point, but I didn't grab it right away like I thought I would. There's a lot of shit coming out.
0: Well, There's and so that, that's the thing. Out. And I I did something weird this year. I'm 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 not like a a cinema file, but I do really enjoy. I, I love movies. Mm-hmm. I love I love a digestible one okay. sitting. To me, movies really are like uh, like a a theater experience to me where there's no commercials, there's no breaks. Like I just want to focus on this. And this year, for the first time in a long time, probably in like six-ish years, um, I made a commitment to see everything that was uh, major award nominated for for the Oscars. And I'm really glad I did because I actually think this was like a fun, it was a, a slightly unique grouping of pictures, and I enjoyed that experience. But because of that... You know, my wife didn't have a whole lot of interest in a lot of them, so most of those had to be watched later at night when I would normally be watching Mm -hmm. or playing video games. games, So that was, I've just been on pause for a while. (laughs) Super terrible pun. (laughs) Uh, It's literally just been on hold for a little while. But uh, I'm gearing up for, yeah, the Suicide Squad game that's dropping. I might get back into Resident Evil. The new Star Wars coming out. The new Star Wars, which I'm legitimately excited about. It looks, the first one was really glitchy, but I like the story. And it seems as though they've really focused on the game engine for this. Sure. And I'm about that. Yeah, we'll Give me see. dual-wheeled lightsabers and my childhood will come back every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us about what we're drinking here? Yeah. The, the so last bottle? We've talked about this on the show before, so I'm not going to go super in-depth. Uh, but Roy, uh, Cafe Amaro is from a uh, resurrected, formerly dead distillery in Kansas City called J. Rieger. Oh, At so one point... Uh, they were the biggest uh, whiskey supplier in the U S and right before the stock crash, he had over leveraged himself in hotels and casinos and bars. And then uh, the market crashed and then prohibition. Uh, And so they closed. So the grandson or the great grandson, one of the two and a local uh, craft cocktail guy got together and raised funding. And he had all the files, all the recipes, all the everything and they started making stuff, and uh, I love their their whiskey. Uh, Kansas City whiskey is an actual category. It's got five percent cherry in it, and oh. I went there for the whiskey, and then we did like a, a tour, and they do a tasting at the end. And I had no idea they had an amaro. That stuff's so good, and it's a local coffee it's shop. Tasty. So they roast their own coffee and they make a cold press, and they blend it with their amaro. That shit is my fucking jam. I was going
1: to say this. Yeah. And some coffee or. Dude, it's so good. Over some ice cream well, or. Well, cheers. Just something. Sound oh, absolutely. Awesome. Oh, it oh, sounds so good.
2: Or making. I mean, you can make like a. Just like a a, a version of like a boozy coffee or like a Irish coffee with. That, so I've, it's like all yeah. coffee elements.
0: I've done that, and it's wonderful. I'm sure
2: people make uh, espresso martinis with this, too.
0: The, the best thing that I've made with this is um, in Duluth, Minnesota, we have a brewery called Bent Paddle. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, my favorite thing that they've ever made is their cold-pressed black. Yep, yep. And I made a Coffee Amaro cold-pressed black salted caramel. That I poured over oh, homemade ice cream. Get out of here! It was here. fucking stupid because oh. it was like rich and sweet and salty, and mm. then that, the 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 mm. roasty of of both coffees, and then that that little medicinal bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's like a little bit right of through. anisey, yeah. Yeah, like medicinal mentholy quality in here. It's really
1: it's Interesting. It's really good. And okay.
0: I go I go hard in the paint on the fat in my ice cream, so it was really good to have that as like a cut through. Mm-hmm. It's weird to say that caramel was like the 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 fat cut, (laughs) but it absolutely had enough better notes in there that it did. No, that's delicious. Thank you. Oh,
2: all right. So let's. uh, I'm glad we already started talking about pets in the prior topic because uh, Roy, I would like to know what is your pet's favorite human food. What's Fuji's favorite human food?
1: (laughs) Um. So the very first non dog food thing that he ate was bananas. Yeah, bananas. He yeah. loves bananas. He's got banana toys. He's got banana everything. <laughs> he loves the word banana because uh-huh. he knows something's going to happen.
2: Can he hear you peel a banana because Bogey might dog, he can smell it. He can smell it. I yeah. swear if Bogey's two years yeah. away laying on a bed, he can hear that little... Yep. Because he's got the big dumb ears. He I swear he it. can hear it.
1: Um, <laughs> for, for his first birthday, I had a friend bake a cake for the dog birthday party that, you know... Oh. Every, every dog... Has a huge first birthday party, obviously.
0: Or if you're in our house, it's every single birthday. Yeah, yeah, you know. I love so, you, baby.
1: Fuji's kind of an asshole to other dogs, so I was yeah. a little worried at what other dogs would show up to his birthday party, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we held a birthday party for him. And she was like, what does is, what is Fuji like? And I was like, honestly, he likes bananas. And she was like, Perfect. So just made him like a little banana cake. And it oh, was, that's awesome. It was, it was great. Um,
2: it was it like a banana cream pie kind of basically, a situation? I mean, like, I didn't, oh, I didn't awesome. test
1: it, but it yeah. had banana slices on it. and Awesome. It was it was great. Gourmet, <laughs> super awesome, super awesome. Oh, that's awesome. adorable. Oh, close uh, circuit, Jenny. Loves, We're making this for Halloween. He loves bananas. Um, I've thankfully kept the bar pretty low, manageable. You know, like I didn't. I've never like given him like steak or anything, you know, like so like yeah. he's not <laughs> spoiled, you know, but I will give him like you know, if I'm like cooking salmon, you know, like I'll save some of the skin, I'll bake it. You know, of course. You know, yeah. Some, give him some salmon skin. Good, it's a nice shiny coat. too. Yes. Yeah, you know, stuff absolutely. like that. Uh, but if it's his favorite, it's bananas.
0: That's that's <laughs> keep awful. it simple, yeah. you know? Bananas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so we have a we have a dog and a cat. So, Harold is pretty indifferent, our cat, is pretty indifferent to food. He's a 16 and a half pound orange tabby. Doesn't sound indifferent to food. He's fucking massive, but he really doesn't give a fuck about human food. Yeah, uh, he just tears up his shit. Milk or cream, he'll go for it every time. Oh, okay. Uh, weirdly, um, have you guys seen like pop chips? It's like a yeah. like a puffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to, I don't like it's some form of like popcorn turned into like a yeah, chip. Okay, okay. thing. I, I don't know. I was talking about, or, like a weird animal version of No, 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 like actual human food pop chips. Sure. Uh they're like lower in calories and shit. So it's we, like a healthy yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a healthy well, I, way of know, just I'm ingesting sure, straight sure. salt. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> but uh they were on special and I was craving something salty and I was like, whatever, fine, I'll I'll grab a bag. He lost his mind about them. Really? I don't know what it was in there. He literally would like, if I opened the bag and he was downstairs, he would come running up. Oh, and funny. he doesn't do it for any other bag. He like knew the sound of that bag. Um, and then really, I think string cheese would be the one that he'd lose his shit the most Okay, for. Like he just falls over himself for that. Mildred... Again, like I said, she's trying to murder herself every day by eating everything that's possibly edible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard to figure out what it is until I really thought, like, what have we had the most stress with? Fucking carbs. That dog. Really? The three times that she has gone full gymnast. So she's a 60-ish pound pity mix. <laughs> and the f- few times that she has gone straight up counter surfing, she has housed an entire loaf of bread. That's it. Oh, my God. And yeah, like, yeah, you told me zucchini, zucchini bread, right? Yeah. She's done. Was there one time she's she jumped done, up and ate a whole loaf of, zucchini, whole zucchini, bread of zucchini bread? She's done a whole pan of zucchini bread. She's done a whole loaf of white bread. She's done uh, an entire pack of uh, flour tortillas. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the sugar shits are on a whole new level for that kind of stuff. I mean, it is. It is. Well, I guess we're not going to be sleeping for more than an hour or two.
1: I mean, that's that's one yeah, of the great yeah. things about having a small dog. Is like, yeah, the, can't reach. The damage is severely limited to whatever he can he can you know, access have yeah. and access <laughs> <or> whatever. <laughs> oh. he can't reach anything above you know a certain height. Yeah. And then also just like, yeah, man, go crazy at this loaf of bread. You'll have like a quarter of it, and you know, well, will feel like shit.
0: And Millie will straight up like she'll use tools. Like she'll get if there's like a, a a like a stirring spoon, like a big wooden spoon, she'll like go up on the counter and she'll use that. Oh man, she's to try so and knock funny. shit. She's yeah. naughty. She's full. Like I look at that girl, and every now and then, it's 100 percent the fucking velociraptor in Jurassic Park. Like I'll just look at her and be like, "Clever girl," and then she attacks <laughs> me out of the side. Like she has, she pretends that she's dumb, but she like she figured out how to push a. Uh, dining room chair out enough that she could get up there because that was a safe place that we had for Harold's food. Yeah. Like, she's a dick. But yeah, Yeah. she's a carbs girl at the end of the day. Like Who isn't? Right? Yeah. Uh I will 100% be a carbs girl. I'm a carbs girl. I'm a carbs girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about uh, Bogey and Lucky there, Mr. Charles?
2: I I just want to remark that Bogey is... Well, he is not mischievous in those ways. He doesn't, like, try to get up on the counter for food and stuff. The compost bin is, like, floor level. He could very easily open it. One of the smartest dog breeds on earth, and he doesn't. So we're fortunate that he doesn't get weird about that kind of stuff. He's food aggressive when he has food. When you, like, give him something. But we're fortunate that he doesn't jump on the counter for stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it enables us to leave stuff on the stove and things like that. We're like, oh, man, I would dread him jumping up. Because he can reach. He can just, like, pop his fucking head up. So fun. Yeah. Um, he's a border healer. So border yeah. collar, blue healer, mix. Super smart and super dumb. I always say, man, you are real dumb for being such a smart breed of dog. That's exactly it. Uh, his favorite, he loves bananas. He can hear me peel a banana. He fucking loves uh, bananas. the same thing. Loves bananas and blueberries for fruits. Like, he's obs- obsessed with blueberries. His favorite food, though, I would have to say, and it's because that breed of dog is not, like, a slobbery dog. But if there's popcorn, that dumb <laughs> motherfucker will drool all <laughs> over the couch, yeah. all over your That's your funny. sweatpants, like, It just spills out of his mouth. He can't control himself. There's something about the smell of popcorn. And I'm like, I feel you, man. I I was I was your age once going to the movie theater and smelling the popcorn and not being able to resist. (laughs) But if he smells popcorn, he's he's getting popcorn. (laughs) popcorn. Either either we're not getting popcorn or you know what I mean? Like if there's popcorn, we're all eating popcorn, including the dog, because otherwise we're not giving him popcorn and there's just drool everywhere. But it just spills out of the sides of his mouth and um, for Lucky, Lucky's a gourmand. That fucking kid, he likes charcuterie, but <laughs> the better it is, it the more is. he wants it. He'll turn stuff down. Oh, like wow. Like, if you give him... Wow. Send it
1: back to the kitchen? If you give him, like, Applegate um, prosciutto I did not or order this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we... If you get, like, Applegate prosciutto or something, because you're just going to do, like, a quick wrap of something to take over to your, like, in-laws' house, and you hand him a piece of that, he's like, uh, sorry, did this come from Fuck Spain? This,
1: Did this come yeah. from Italy. I don't eat Manchego. I
2: <laughs> yeah, he only eats the finest. <laughs> I gave him some. Uh, what I had like a soft cheese today that I because I made some um, focaccia last weekend.
1: You you throw down in the kitchen, by the way. I see I see some of the stuff that you're making.
0: Also, I believe it's pronounced focaccia.
1: Oh. Focaccia. <laughs> focaccia. See.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, so I've been trying to find ways to y-
2: use that, right? Like, thank you. But yeah, like, uh, I love to make focaccia. It's pretty easy to make. I'm not much of a baker. I'm trying to be a better baker. I can't bake. But I um, I got some Mortadella because I did find some at Cerdix today when I went nice. to buy a Booze. Uh, and I got a really nice, uh, what's the soft cheese called from Alamar? Blue Earth, the newer one? Good Earth or Blue Earth? Blue Earth Uh, oh balls it's a really nice soft cheese it's It's one of those two if you look it up and you're a local or you can have it shipped and i spread it for lunch i spread the cheese on the focaccia and put mortadella lucky approved with the mortadella i gave him the piece with a little fat in the middle and he was like i approve and then the dog was like hold (laughs) up i was like great so now i gotta share my sandwich with two other living beings but, yeah, he likes charcuterie. He likes sharp cheddar or stinky. He likes stinky or sharp cheeses, and he likes meats that are, like, pungent or salty. That sounds right. Loves it.
1: I mean, the fact that your dog loves charcuterie says so much. It's, yeah, that's, that's
2: my cat. Lucky's the cat. Or sorry, the cat. Yeah, The dog will eat anything. I mean, that's funny. you can hand him a – you can wipe your mouth with a paper towel and throw it up in the air, and he'll catch it and oh
0: eat it in one that. <laughs> He doesn't give a fuck. Oh, I love that. I was trying to find – I have a video – yeah. I, I, so I walked out of the house, and I realized that I had forgotten something, and it was dark out, so it was light inside the house. And I, like, I had gotten two steps down, and I was like, fuck, and I patted my... And I think that was enough for my dog to think that I was gone. And literally, she was on my bed when I left. Oh. And I had been out the door for, at that point, three or four seconds and i look through it so at this point the bottom of the kitchen window is at my eye height yeah and i watch her come out and literally i just see her little paws go up and then she just started scanning it, and she went around the entire circumference of the kitchen yeah just trying to get a lay of the land I'm like all right what do we got here can i get anything can i do it <laughs> i was so, gone for 5 so seconds naughty. yeah so little right. fucking asshole like, <laughs> so now we got to like we got to hide shit so now like bread and tortillas oh, live God. on top of the refrigerator
2: That's ridiculous
1: tortillas Hey,
2: well, cheers. We got our final yep. discussion point here. Boom. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thanks for joining us.
1: I was worried. Well, oh, thank you easy. when it's done. Sorry. You guys are making it easy. It's great. Yeah, yeah Hard-hitting journalism questions. We're just yeah, here to yeah, have yeah. fun.
2: We're just here to have fun. Right, listeners? Okay, Royce, so we recently uh, had a conversation about places we've never been that we have to go before they... Might someday close. Um, it was predicated on the fact that Noma is closing at the end of the year, yeah. and then that I used that as an opportunity to announce that I'm going to Noma. Because
1: I saw that. That's I awesome. Got a reservation. Congrats.
2: Well, I was going to say, Guam, if you're locked <laughs> in, if you're locked
0: in, you can let the people know. Uh, fuck it. I'm. I'm. I'm going. Uh, we're going. Uh, Charles yeah. was kind enough to let me know that he had actually reserved a few more spots. And uh, yeah, that's I, I'm not. I can't. I can't be on episode 80 or 81 of this show and pretend like I would be cool. Twice in one year, letting my possibility of going to Noma go because we also had this opportunity. I don't remember if we talked about it on the show or not. You did, but yeah. I I panicked because we had an opportunity while we were in Ireland to get a reservation at oh, Noma dude. in Denmark. And I'm so glad, truly, I'm so glad that we didn't do it, because the day slash evening that we would have given up uh, was one of my favorite travel days of my entire life. Wasn't the uh, right time. It just wasn't the right time. And but, this is going to be the right time. But I sure as shit can't say no twice. So we should, put it we should into should the ether honest. now, so you're, yeah. You're, so this will be. Uh, also, our first trip together. Yeah. So, why, right. not, why not go to one of the best restaurants in the world yes. uh, in a different, on a different I don't continent. think they'll
1: mind if you guys just set up, like, some of the podcast equipment and you guys just, like, do, like, a live yeah. show yeah. during service. Just eating yeah. on the air the whole maybe, time. Maybe, like, get some of the staff, you know, like, back at house. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, guys, right? like, what do you guys think? We were talking about, like,
2: would they let us on the, the ship, their fermentation <laughs> ship, like, just, like, to kind of so see s- it a little bit We've and have literally, a we've
0: one. had one of the chefs from their fermentation <laughs> ship on before, after he left. So, I'm like... We, can mm-hmm. we can we make it happen? God, yes. yeah. Oh God, I to to no, yeah. Like
2: when so yeah. I made, when I made the reservation, I kind of kept it close to the vest because I wanted to figure out a few other things, like get some other reservations, figure out how long I was going to be out there, and then I started to talk to people close to me about who he's going to come with. So, anyways, the question uh, that I'm positing here is like the inverse of that. Not somewhere. So that topic, that discussion topic, was like somewhere you got to go before they're someday no longer going to be here with us or we're no longer going to be here with them. Yes. For you, where is somewhere that you can indicate that you've been, that people, maybe not a lot of people that you know have been, that you're like, you have to go here. You have to go here. Anywhere in the world.
1: Okay, that's tough. You can
2: think think on it. You want to think on it?
1: So many tough questions.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I thought you just said hard
1: hitting journalism. You just, um, <laughs> okay. So,
0: hold on, I got to move you a little closer.
1: Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, um, places that I've been that people need to go to. The,
0: yeah, that you you wish that people you care about like could some god see. tier shit. Yeah, like you're
2: like you. If you've never been here before, you die or before they close, you need to go to this place. Mm.
3: So
1: I ha- I have a couple meals like that that yeah. I I I place in in the sort of sort of the same like uh, level or stratosphere or whatever you know like sure. I, I rank them that high, but some of those are just a combination of like right place right time kind of thing mm. you know it's not necessarily sure. like this is the place because you're going to have the best food. It was more like this was the thing that I needed to eat because I was here or whatever. Right. Um, the closest thing that I can think of that is like that.
0: Shit. This is hard. This is really hard. I can jump in if you want to take a second. If you, if you have an answer, take it away. So, uh, I'm going to use this question as just a second to give my love to live music venues because mm. what I want to make the answer, even though this is food and beverage directed, is anyone who's ever made you smile by writing a song or playing a song, go fucking see them live.
3: Yeah. Go
0: see so that, that shit live, please. That. You never know when people are going to break up, when they're not going to tour anymore, when they're going to die. Sure. Go go see it. Like I think people are... In historically, like right now, we're more acutely
2: aware of that I, than for some time, partly due to the pandemic. But I, I love seeing it. Sometimes it, makes, sometimes it makes access difficult for people mm-hmm. because of the, the cost and everyone yeah. fighting and like the live pricing and all that stuff, I think is fucking ridiculous. But mm-hmm. no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I'm happy that it seems like more people are yeah. aware of that.
0: Agreed and i love that like in the last year every show i've gone to somebody else who's like a music devotee has found me and just hugged me and said i'm so happy we're here that is the greatest feeling ever and f- again for me as an obsessive that's i it. would never do that i would shove you from behind 100 percent. yeah or you just or you <laughs> do the quiet nod from far away and be like i yeah. recognize you but i don't want to talk to you just the only thing you see is the whites of my eyes exactly how well are mm-hmm. you like our dogs <laughs> and I you'll just see my giant head slowly sighing back and forth. Yeah. Um but but there are honestly, Roy, what you just said about there are so many meals that I could I picture. And yeah. what what got me to my answer was taking it a little bit farther out from that. Mm. And um I I'm a forty three year old six foot five cis white man. Like I understand that me making a comment about gentrification is weird, but I, I I truly believe I've been in love with New York City since I was 14 years old. First time I went there, that city took my breath away because I got to, A, feel completely insignificant in the best way, and, B, I got to be around what I had grown up thinking the world was like. Yeah. Where... Everyone was around and nobody was like, that's a white guy, that's an Asian guy, that's a black guy. I'm sure some people maybe were, but what it felt like was everyone on earth was like, we're just here and we're trying to figure out what it is to be a New Yorker. That's one of the beautiful things about that city. And honestly, that was my first crush about New York. And I I am also a reformed picky eater. So at 14, I really didn't experience much outside of a slice of pepperoni and a, a street cart dog, right? when I went back the next time I was older and I had a little bit more interest in some (laughs) things outside of just like going to museums and I went to Harlem and then I was fortunate enough for uh, a few years to have a job that took me to New York every quarter. And I would do a lot of Harlem and Queens on my hangout sessions. Mm. And both of those boroughs are going through a pretty massive push of gentrification. And, There is a soul food restaurant in Harlem uh, called Mamie's Spoonbread 2. And it is church chairs on linoleum tile floors. Mm. It is the best smell you've ever smelled because much like the flat tops we were talking about, those fucking walls are seasoned. Yeah. And in the same way that I would say about, like, Willie Mae's Scotch House in New Orleans— You can you can smell and you can feel in the air the amount of history and the amount of people that have come together under this roof that probably weren't allowed to congregate under a lot of other roofs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figuring things out. Yeah. And then more and more people find out about it and now it becomes this sort of cultural icon and now it becomes a part of tourism. Mm-hmm. And once we hit the tourism arc, then the property values go up enough that now there's a chance of, both of those places no longer being around. Yeah. And I love the fact that we're starting to focus on, on in America, we're starting to focus on how integral like soul food and, um, and that all of the diaspora from that means to what our food culture is in this country, but also on a broader sense, how many of the the sort of the, what started out as immigrant neighborhoods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How many of those places affected food culture permanently across decades, if not centuries, but most of the places that were the origins of that affectation immediately get demolished as soon as money comes in. Mm -hmm, And if there's something that I could tell people to do, it would be like, if you're in New York, go to the nice dinner, go to Broadway, go see a show, go do all the things, but fuck, Go to a few of those restaurants that are still there. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Mamie's still looks the same last time I was there. Yeah. And that was sadly before COVID. Um, but, well, I mean, it's, but sitting down and having something in real time, <laughs> in like actual experiential
2: time, that was not that long.
0: Correct. You know, but like having, having that we've had in the open world, is not that long. Having again. somebody who 100% feels like you could call her auntie or grandma bring you out a plate in like the richest gravy and the most like. Fluffy, creamy mashed potatoes, and this chicken that somehow, impossibly, is like tooth-shakingly crunchy, and then also your chin becomes a waterfall mm-hmm. of the most beautiful, succulent grease. Mm-hmm. Like that whole experience. You, I mean, you literally have like the the smoked plastic Coca Cola cup, yeah, like, right yeah, there. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the tines on my fork were all bent a little bit weird. Like, like you know like grandma's fingers at 90 Mm -hmm. all of that together is such a i've I've had really incredible fried chicken i've had some of the best mashed potatoes on earth like people that win james beard awards making that i get it Mm -hmm. but man that plate and listening to like 70s soul music and listening to old folks talk about the world and tourists from other countries next to me and people who live down the block all sitting there like experience those places before they're gone because somebody is going to spend 20 years trying to recreate a very expensive and sometimes soulless version of exactly what was there the whole time right 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 right. and and anything that i can do to convince people to go to those places before they're gone Mm -hmm. because like i get it we We've buckled ourselves into the seat of cyclical, nothing lasts, whatever. Sure. If that's the case, then you have to fucking celebrate the places that you have while you have them. So I guess that's, yeah. that's my spot. And I could say as a metaphor for Love every it. city you go to, look at where, literally, you could just Google whatever city you're going to right. slash gentrification, and then figure out, like, what are some historical joints that are there. Or right.
2: even look at, like, James Beard Heritage Award yeah. spots yep. like Sanois or, like, Kramarchek's here in Minneapolis yep. because those are places that have been doing it for so long that they, like, you know, shoved a pin into their chest instead of them qualifying for a modern-day award. Right. Like, You've been doing something cool for a long time, so mm. way to go, buddy.
0: Lifetime <laughs> achievement. I'm not dead. Yeah. Lifetime achievement. <laughs> right. You know, like, I that, to me that's the thing that I'm the most afraid of losing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think we're ever going to run out of people with great ideas on what to do with food. Yeah. I think that we have seen a very slow turning ship start to recognize people of color and the communities have gathered behind that. And we're starting to see more and more restaurants left Mm -hmm. and right opening with money behind them and doing that. That's all great. I love all that. That's awesome. But the pioneers whose shoulders we stand on, or yeah. whose shoulders we stand and who are standing on shoulders of people who have already been erased, if we have the time to get to a moment where we can recognize them and experience that this is where it's all derived from, mm-hmm. you the experience of every meal you have after that is so much richer. Because you can feel that. It's the reason I go to like old music studios. Right. I just want to stand... like I stood on the exact square foot where Bob Dylan recorded Blood on the Tracks. Mm-hmm. He's not there. My shoes don't have actual blood on the tracks. But standing there made me think about how lucky I am to listen to the music that I do now because of something that somebody wrote before that. If you think about that with food or with any other art, I'm just talking about the things I'm the most passionate about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can acknowledge... Who came before you, or who came before the people that you idolize? Who came before them? Yeah, like that's that's where you could actually feel like you understand the lineage of the dishes that we're eating. Well, and and it connects it, you to something bigger.
1: And, it, and it's not like a you can't really like taste some of those things, right. or it's not it's not super like quantitative. But yeah. you like you can, can get
0: the recipe, but it's not going to taste. It's the
1: same. not going to taste the same. No. I can show you how to do it. It's not going to taste the same.
2: Yeah, gold and, belly's not going to. Give you the experience, no. you know,
0: it's different. Yeah. And so I, I guess that's it for me is like, what, what does it really boil down to? And it's being in their room, in their house. Oh yeah. In Cause their their cent- that's central to
2: the topic, right? Is like you going to their like going to a place mm-hmm. and experiencing their craft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does anything come to mind or would you? Yeah. Like me I to- mean,
1: well, like. You know, I, I think it's it's really easy to answer if that is a like a concert, right? Like, let's just say, like, you know, is, is there an artist that you really want to see before they stop touring or whatever? I, I think that's like a really easy way to yeah. process that that question and mm-hmm. answer yeah. it in a, in a way that you know makes sense. I think with food, it's it's a little more complicated because it's it's so tied with. Um, you know, not just, like, the food that you're eating, but, like, the place that it is, and, mm. like, you know, whether it's the building that it's in or, yeah. you know, whatever. So um, I can think of a couple places that, you know, some that I have been to, some that I haven't been to personally, but would love to go to. Um, like, for instance, there's... there's, um, You guys know that, like, that, like, Omar Ice? You guys know what omar Ice is? Oh, yeah, of course. The Omar Ice where, like... It's like the egg on top of the rice and they like slice it open, yes. flips over. It was it was made by like that that chef in Kyoto. I
2: brought it up in next week's episode. Yeah, literally <laughs> like we 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 just talked
1: about this. Dude, I yeah. like during COVID, I went through so many eggs trying during to make that fucking it, yeah. egg and it well, did you get it? You, no, I yeah. I got close a couple times
2: cuz I've seen people who do it and there's like this 'Cause it they use a flat top. The places that I've seen do it really well, they use a flat top and there's like this crazy motion. They're like they keep moving it to end up getting that blob.
1: That's the thing that Dude. I've I've noticed is the places that do that, they the the motion is is constant. Yeah. It's usually over high heat mm-hmm. and yes. it's cooked you really fast. Yes. And what you have to do is you have to cook the outside of it before you cook the inside of it. Yeah, and as you're cooking, it it like rolling item, like, instead of continuing. You're rolling to it, and you're like, <laughs> it's it's because eggs eggs kind of curdle up, right? Like mm-hmm. if you don't move them or whatever. So it's sort of this mixture of like keeping motion as a part of it, so that it doesn't curdle up, but it is still solidifying as you're doing that, and as it's solidifying, you're shaping it and you shape it, and then you know it, it's it's crazy. Right, I've tried, yeah. and it's hard. It's and, a it's an art. And if you and if you fuck it up, guess what? You're gonna eat some eggs. <laughs> right. And you know, they'll still be fine, but like it's a like a weird omelet. Yeah, but it's like you know, like omelet. you can only do that like twice yeah. before you're like, okay, shit, I'm like eight, I'm like twelve eggs in. I can't yeah. keep eating eggs. You <laughs> Just know, like going full cool head <laughs> Yeah, like kind I, of... I can't keep doing this. Especially now, stuff. that's fifty
2: bucks right there. Yeah, exa-
1: exactly. So I've 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 tried doing that. So so the place that the place that makes that omer ice uh, is one of those places that I really want to go to before, you know, guy guy hangs up his chopsticks and and doesn't make any eggs anymore. Yeah, um, that's that's probably one. Uh, honestly, like places like you were saying of just like where you sort of need to go and see the artist do their thing because that is why it's it's famous, right? You know. Right. Um, so, gosh. Beyond that, I mean, you know, like like Jiro with sushi, you know, like like that, you know, places like that. Like, I would love to go and, and experience that.
0: Is he still? I don't know if it's Jiro's him killed? I think I think he, I think re- it's I think he I think did retire. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's He did sun.
1: recently retire. Okay. Yeah, I think it's son.
0: My wife and I went to like you watched the documentary. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. so the the other scion who ends up leaving, uh, who doesn't want to deal. With, I actually, my wife and I went to his restaurant. Oh, sweet! And yeah. that was it was fantastic to just see like I'm sure it's. It was After amazing. A certain
1: level, it's yeah. It was, it was
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, so. twenty
0: seven courses. It was beautiful. Like, <laughs> let, let's let's fucking go.
1: Um. That's that's kind of it, you know. Like, I mean, I mean, like, all of like the the famous, you know, world renowned chefs who have their restaurants. Like, I would love to go and eat there. Um, but as far as like a gravity of like, you know, I. I need to go here before I lose my chance. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't. Yes. I haven't fully identified those quite as much as sure, like no, yeah. like like concerts. I think are a little easier to, to answer. And like I've sure. been to concerts. G- give where
0: me give me one that that I, you. I went
1: to I went to Stevie Wonder at Target Center, dude. Because I was I, I hate going to shows at Target Center.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I will not go, but Stevie was one of those where he I was had like, to do it. I was like, okay, like
0: that was, I the, was this wasn't that the tour when he was doing songs in the key yes. of life front to front back. back. Yep. Okay, so the first when they announced the first half of that tour, uh, the closest place they were playing was the United Center in Chicago. Yep. So my wife and I got tickets to that, and then he announced that he was coming here, and I was like, well, fuck! I will <laughs> tell you straight up, no, 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 no. If you're gonna go see Stevie Wonder, especially if he's doing songs in the key of life, be in Chicago. Be in any majority like box city, yeah. holy yeah. fuck! Yeah, we we got tickets like in the the upper area, about halfway up, uh-huh. surrounded by the most amazing, just humans in the most amazing bright colored church clothes. Mm-hmm. We were one hundred percent the only white people as far as we could see in any mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. And we had a sing along the entire time. Oh yeah. It was like being in the middle of a choir the entire time. Yeah. Like yeah. we wanted to sit down a couple of times because that was a long show. Yeah. yeah but yeah. you couldn't sit down because you just had everyone around you moving and we're just gonna keep going with it. No skips. Oh my god, that that show like I still have that record framed at my house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That show absolutely moved me. That was that was one of those situations
1: where I was like, Okay, like if I don't do this now, yeah. should, like I will I will regret this. You know, I need to do yeah. this for future Roy, but oh. also like, you know, current Roy. So, uh, I, I think like unpacking that question is mm-hmm. a lot easier in the context of, of music and for concerts sure. just cause it's, you know, it, it feels a little more like of a fleeting sort of opportunity. Uh, you know, restaurants are open every day, mm-hmm. you know, concerts oh, are, absolutely. are sort mm-hmm. of, you know, but
2: like for instance, if you were to say, um. Just because I know this about you, like you have to go to Nokashita proper. Like you have to actually have to go to Nokushita, is that something that you would recommend to someone like me if I go oh, to kyoto Oh yeah. I mean like, if you're, you gotta go. Yeah,
1: if you're going to Kyoto, I mean like definitely stop by, go see Tomo, you know, like yeah. uh have that experience. I think I think the you know, we we kind of touched on this earlier, but like if my goal is to try and and recapture this magic that I experienced mm-hmm. in a previous trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're sort of destined to fail at that point. Yeah, sure. Because it, it, forcing the moment, to, it's hard to it's hard to recapture that. You can create new memories, you know, of in course. the same tune, but like it's it's hard to capture the same magic. Sometimes it's just
2: predicated on reputation. Like I think you're going to have a good time. It won't be the exact good time that I had. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You'll yeah. have a good time
1: but like i trust tomo i trust you know like you guys like the same things that i do and based on you know that i think you'll have a good time here you know like you should go and check it out absolutely like that 100 um so it's you know like I, i am pretty um what's the word like I feel strongly about certain opinions like that where like if I have a really good experience, you know I will share it with you I'm not gonna yeah. keep it to myself' I'm gonna, yeah yeah you know, try absolutely. And let you know it's a way to be but you know like I do like to try and manage expectations too where it's like listen, I had a great time this is what I ordered you know you th- you should oh, you should probably try and like if this is something that you like too, like you know go for it but you know like Choose choose, sort of your own adventure, and, and I can only get you so much. I, I love how so tempered
2: hard. that is because if you go on social media and you say, for instance, um, I'm going to Austin, Texas, where should I eat? Oh, yeah. And this is like a pet peeve of mine. People will tell you where they ate, not where you should eat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like the opposite of what I you're saying. I went here. They'll just tell you the places they went, not that you should go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. These are the places I went. Oh, are you – wait, are you – Are you, Telling me to go? Are you saying yeah. it's great and I'll have a good time for sure? No, I'm saying those are the seven places that I went when I was in Austin and now you have to
0: go there too. Have oh, said Okay. Have you done the <laughs> yeah. magic, not magic? Have you done that to yourself? Wait, when, what? When you were talking about like – What? You go somewhere and you have like the most amazing uh-huh. time ever and then you like want to go recreate that. And oh, it's not the same? yeah.
1: I mean, I've I've purposefully like – Not done things again because I don't want to ruin the first experience. Oh no, I get it. Like Resident
0: Evil Four, there it is. (laughs) That's what we're talking about exactly. So I just wanted to bring up, like, so I had that experience. There's a uh, there's a bar in in Southie in Boston called L Street Tavern, Mm -hmm. and a friend of mine lived in Southie for years and had just moved. But I was like, hey, we're going out your old hood. Like, these are the couple bars I was thinking about going to. What do you think? And she's like, absolutely not throw all those away. They're all terrible. Go to this bar. Trust us. Okay. So my wife and I walk in, and it's a very long one side of the the bar, like bar. One side of the room is a bar. Five guys sit at the very end. One of them is the bartender. We're like, all right, well, they're very clearly, like, doing something privately. We'll sit over here. We get a pint. My wife just wanted to hear some really good thick Boston accents. And they were yeah. fucking, they were just kicking. It was beautiful. Like, hey, everybody's pal. And oh, <laughs> fuck, wicked. We got Wicked Hammond. All this is going on. We're like, this is great. Slowly, they're starting to. Be sorry, a... Boston listeners. No, it's... everybody knows that I make bad accents all the time. Yeah, I know. So, so <laughs> And I apologize for it. Somehow, each of we end up getting drawn into a discussion about gambling because sports gambling is legal. One state over in New Hampshire, but not in Massachusetts. We have a similar thing in Minnesota with Iowa, but it's not legal here. So we start talking about that. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, come on down here. So then we start moving down. We had the greatest time ever. It was literally us, the bartender who grew up across the street, used to come in here as a little kid. And like give his dad notes because he was spending too much time here like gambling on everything. They got horse racing on half the TVs, so you oh, know they're yeah. taking monies. Yep, yep, yep. There's no food. They had bags of chips. That's it. <laughs> Everybody's drinking. Like we had the greatest time. It was the most quintessential Southie Boston vibe ever. Mm-hmm. All of the great like colloquialisms you've ever wanted to hear, plus like ten more that we had never heard. Oh yeah. We can't. Oh, and the entire time it's like classic Motown playing, and every three or four songs everybody would just stop and all sing together. I'm like this is the greatest shit ever. So we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Bartender's like I was like hey are you are you working again? We leave in 2 days. But I would 100% come back and see you. And he's like no nah, pal, but my brother will be here tomorrow. I'm like all right, well we'll come back. We came back and it was like pop country. There was a bachelorette party there uh, doing uh fucking Yag- yagabom shots. I call on, that from Dust Till Dawn. And I was like oh I honestly, I would have been happier if there was just like an old man in a rocking chair outside whittling and been like, Mm, well, L street tavern been closed 41 years. (laughs) Burned down in 73. And you're like, Uh, (laughs) all right. I have a great,
2: I have a great one of those stories, but it's probably not fit for or At least I'd need to drink a lot more to tell (laughs) one of those stories, but I do call that a from dust till dawn proposition. I, I I understand the metaphor and
0: I agree Uh with
2: you. Um, My answer is going to be a place that, um, so I'm, I'm going to do some fine dino shit, of course. Yeah. But that usually... So to speak to, Roy, what you said about, like, different experiences, um, the menu at this place has changed, but their capabilities have not. um, Quite possibly the best meal I've had in my life was at Azermendi um, in northern Spain, uh, just outside of Bilbao in the hills. Mm. And that place is it transports you to another world mm-hmm. from the moment you walk in. It's like a forest inside of a greenhouse. And the first thing that you experience is they open a picnic basket for you among these like trees that are indoors and you taste these little things. And then they take you in another room where um, there are a multitude of uh, small things that you're meant to eat that are scattered amongst like river rocks and little bonsai trees. So you can't oh, even really... You can't sure, tell sure. what you're supposed to eat. You're like, sure, can I... Sure, sure. You grab a rock and you're like, should I? And they're like, I'm no, a, no. I'm, no, a, no. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm about to bite a rock. And they're like... The other rock, my the hand. gray rock. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they take you up in the dining room with the beautiful white tablecloths and the giant floor-to-ceiling windows and just blow you away with this incredible bevy of, of foods. And then um, once your meal is complete, at least in our case, it was... Late in the afternoon, we'd already been there for four hours. They have an adjacent room that is, like, fully open. Like, there's no, nothing bracing from the sides. There's, like, a big swing, and it's overlooking a vineyard, and you can get um, a digestif and a cigar. And so, you know me, got myself a cigar, and Marty and I each ordered something. I think she got a Namaro, and I got a whiskey. And we just had a chat with uh, the staff as they were wrapping um, for the day like as the sun went down and then we ordered an uber and we were so far up in the hills that we got to explore the grounds and i'm glad that happened because it was like the uber will be there in 28 minutes and we walked around the side of the building and on the roof they uh grow a multitude of exotic um genuses of herbs and vegetables so they can be self-sustaining so the whole like roof is uh Small farm, and then the fields wow. adjacent to it. They're growing a lot of plants and stuff too that they're all that they're using in all of their foods. Three Michelin star restaurant. Uh, we went to places like Arzac on the same trip, and it absolutely blew places like that out of the water. It was like a there was a Willy Wonka effect to it. Something you don't come by frequently
0: mm-hmm.
2: when. We're in Copenhagen. I got a reservation to Alchemist. Alchemist has a very Willy Wonka. Whimsical. Effect. Yeah. They're like, you know, it's a 50 course meal that takes six hours and the ceiling looks like a planetarium with like a changing screen.
0: Planetarium. So that's,
2: yeah, I imagine that that'll be a similar experience. But Mendy, if you can experience it, if you can, and you can book it because it's remote enough because Bilbao itself is not a major city. It's a beautiful city like a art forward city in northern Spain but with Azermendi being just like slightly out of the range of the city itself where if you order an Uber it takes you know a half hour to get there. Um, It doesn't book up as solidly as you think for a three Michelin star restaurant that's been in the top 50 list for eons even though it should. Mm -hmm. So you can book a table there. And if you have an opportunity to do so, if you're traveling in northern Spain, even if you're in, like, Barcelona and you want to have the dining experience of your life, book a train, spend a couple of nights in Bilbao, which is a very cool town, and roll up the hills to Azermendi and just have your mind blown.
0: Into it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I would love to. I mean, first, we right got to figure out Noma. Yeah, and then we got to figure out Lebanon. We got to Noma first, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And then I got to bug you about my, my South Korea trip. Yeah. I got got a
1: list. I mean, it's, it's funny because like, I, it's not like I spent a ton of time in Korea. You know, like I, I just have, I have resources and I have friends and people who, uh, whose trust or whose taste I trust and, you know, other things. And so like, yeah, like it was, it was great because you know, that, that second trip that I did was, was with the crew and everything. But I stayed back and I, I hung out with some friends afterwards, and the best things that I ate, the best things that I ate were, with some of those friends who were like taking me around, and it's like, now, I'm not I'm not bringing friends who you know don't speak Korean and like live in America like you know like I'm still kind of an outsider, but like to actually have someone who like lives in Seoul and he's like no 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 this is these are the places that we got to go to. Everywhere he brought me to was, like, just lights out, and it was fucking amazing. And and so, like, I have a pretty robust list of of places in Seoul, uh, mostly because, like, I don't really know what part of Seoul I'm going to be in. Sure. And, you know, it's it's nice to have, you know, breadth and, and variety. Um, so, you know, the list that I have is kind of just ever-growing and huge, but... Uh, having some of that input and and the resources like that uh, makes you know it. It's, I miss it a lot. I, it makes me miss it. I get so, it. Um, so I'm I'm down to you know talk about it all the time. I'm always happy to share. Hell yeah!
0: You know, the, the list or if resources. for whatever reason you ever decide that you want to go to Oslo, Norway, please let me know and I will yeah, return the favor man, gladly for sure. For sure, <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sure there will be a time. There'll be a time.
0: Uh, well, as we're winding this down, I guess the first thing that I would want to ask is uh, for all of our listeners to follow along with your journey in art and everything else, where would you prefer them to follow you?
1: I mean, I'm probably the most active on Instagram. I have a website, but it's, it's mostly for work, commercial work. If you are a photo editor or, you know, (laughs) you know, someone like that. No, let's get it all out there, man. You know. Happy to happy to work on your brand, um, but Instagram. I'm on Roy. Uh, you know, there you'll find a mix of work that I'm working on, but also, and mostly just food that I'm eating and Hell yeah. you know places that I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's from doing soju tricks, new soju tricks. You know yeah. things that things that are happening. Once uh, every day, he's you know is a revolutionary soju underground area. world. Uh, you know <laughs> yeah. in there.
0: Do a lot of underground soju bottle openings, you know. You know. Soju boy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. You—that's got to be a Korean rapper, right? Dude, soju that boy. has to. Somebody has to be ah. Soju boy. Soju boy, <laughs> tell him, <'em>. tell him. <laughs> oh man, that's it. Cheers. Uh, yeah. Well, uh Charles, anything else that you want to uh, you want to share? No, man. This comes? was this was, uh, this
2: was delightful. Thanks again for joining us, Roy. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for yeah, having it was
0: me. So awesome it so awesome having you on. Uh, and honestly, I'm just going to say uh, until next time, yeah. whether it's recorded or not, I'm looking forward to hanging out again.
1: More drinks will be had. Hell yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, to everybody else out there listening, thank you for being you. Uh, you know, be nice to somebody today because, hey, they need it. And uh, go drink some soju. Until then, cheers.
1: Bye. Eat. Cheers.